This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fuelled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is in love with the new retro FA Cup kit. Uh, The weekend of the FA Cup third round is a special time for most football supporters, but I suspect Chelsea supporters in particular. Many of us fell in love with the club that won the FA Cup against Dirty Leeds in 1970, and quite simply are still in love 50 years later. How brilliant of the club then to commemorate this by introducing a retro-style 1970 FA Cup replay kit for the players to wear in our third round match against Nottingham Forest on Sunday. And then, in a change side, it was a chance for Chelsea players who don't get regular starts to impress and for others to cement their places in the side. We'll leave the judgment on that for later. But overall, it was an enjoyable afternoon as Chelsea won, as they, as we all knew they would. Uh, and Chelsea have embarked on a road which we all hope will lead to Wembley come May this year. How fitting would it be to win the FA Cup on the 50th anniversary of the first time we won it? After all, we did the same with the league title, so why not? We can but dream. The Road to Wembley, the Chelsea fancast number 487. And as ever, well, not as ever, actually, very differently today, a very happy new year to you, Jonathan Kidd. It's lovely to start uh, 2020 in my uh, my 80th decade. No, that's not right, is it? No, my, uh, in my, uh, my um, 80th year. No, no. No, I'll start again. Hello, everybody. <laughs> it's the dementia, Jonathan. I know. Bless you. We'll, we'll be patient and tolerant. Um, Could I was, you? I was going to say you were starting the year with twenty twenty hindsight, maybe, but perhaps well, well, not. I think, though, actually, I started the year clearly bizarrely in that, I, as I said, I missed the first half yesterday. I don't mind admitting it. But you I was, were you asleep? I thought no. I fun, fun, fun enough. I was over, darling. I was in a meeting, but uh, <laughs> I thought the game started at, um, as I've said earlier, I thought the game started at three oh one. And uh, 
in actual fact, it was 201. But I remembered the 01, which I thought was really clever of me. And I was only alerted, bizarrely, to the fact that I'd made an error. was when I got onto my bicycle at two o'clock by hearing a distant cheer. <laughs> and, uh, and thinking, now, that can't be Fulham, because they played yesterday. Uh, it might be Rangers, but regardless... Uh, I've just remembered it's a 201 start and oh fuck and um, <laughs> cycle like the wind like the wind I may say I've, I've got my cycling was you would, you would have admired my cycling everybody in particular you'd have admired it and I got there for about 235 and then thought oh god I can't be bothered so watch the rest of it on watch the first 10 minutes on telly so, <laughs> what a start to the egg Jonathan lovely as ever, to uh, have you right here on the old Chelsea fancast. And, of Thank course, what a, what a lovely way to start the new year as well, because we've got my dear buddy Tony Glover as well. Happy New Year to you, Tony. And bon année to you as well. Bon année, mon ami. Bon année, yes. And we, it's, so it's quite close to the bonnet de douche, but it is actually... Bonnet um, de mange too. Yeah, bon de mange too. <laughs> uh, yeah, happy new year. Um, yeah, it's good to be. It's good to be back. It's good to be back and and uh, and, and fresh and and feeling comparatively healthy. So good. yes, it's well, always good to be back. And and I think uh, and I'm smiling because good. you know things are going well, aren't they? But I think so. We will. Let's let's do it right now. So on the show tonight, we look back at the cup win against Forest and discuss just how good the retro kit is, as well as our memories of the 1970 FA Cup final, which inspired it. I, I do fear, people, that this will be mainly Jonathan and Tony, as I was only five years old at the time. So uh, I might have to hand that one over to the uh, my uh, respected elders. Now, on the game the against... Venerable, the venerable respected elders, please. Indeed, quite right, Jonathan. Uh... Thank you for admonishing uh, the whippersnapper that I am. Uh, on, on the game against Forrest, we asked, did Frank get the selection right with a mix of youth and experience? And who impressed the most? Uh, Callum Hudson and Doy and Reese, perhaps? Anyway, in part two, we carry on the chat about the cup match and ponder Chelsea failing to put sides to the sword. A frustrating afternoon for Batshuayi. Bizarre VAR decisions and discuss our opponents in the next round on the presumption that by then we might know who they are because they are coming up this evening. Anyway, in part three, we look back at the New Year's Day match. It seems like, a, 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 honestly, it seems like a whole year ago. It was only last week. Anyway, we... Uh, <laughs> We look back at the New Year's Day match away to Brighton where both sides looked knackered uh, or hungover. I'm not, I haven't quite decided which. Anyway, Chelsea scored from a corner. Amazing. Kepper kept us in it with three outstanding saves before being undone by a great goal from Johan Baksh. Uh, anyway, uh, in part, I'm talking of Johan Baksh, it was all handbags between Reese and Byrne. He kind of, what he found out what a uni was anyway, didn't he? Anyway, in part four, we read out this week's emails of which there are five. Now, don't forget... Uh, you can listen to the show live every Monday, 7 o'clock, by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you do. And there's a good motley crew in there, the usual suspects. I'm delighted to see Claire, Freddie, Russ is in there, Nigel's in there, Tony Glover's in there, Andy Willis is in there. Benji Toe, Shed Ramsey's in the house. Excellent to see Ramsey in there. Dan Francisco, lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, if she don't come, says good evening all, happy new year. Uh, lovely, uh, that's nice. Thank you very much. Uh, what else is anybody saying? Matthew the American has said, received the Kerry Dixon banner, Chidge. Many thanks. Thank you, Matthew. 
And there'll be more of that in the emails. I've had a few cracking emails of people who are grateful to have received said banner. Uh, anyway, apart from all that, you can always tweet us and follow us at Chelsea Fancast. Uh, <coughs> it's a good way to get in touch with us, should you wish to do so. Right, after this very short break, we'll be talking about the football. So, um, yeah, I mean, I had a bit of a, I mean, crikey. Uh, I mean, I know Jonathan missed the first half, but I, 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 would, I was up at five because uh, I did the Love Sport breakfast show um, at eight o'clock, finished at 12, parked up by quarter to one, uh, met all the usual suspects at the stall, the CFC UK stall, didn't have time to go for a beer, so therefore watched the entire match uh, sober, which is quite often very dicey as far as I'm concerned. I quite like to be anaesthetised against any, against any possible failure. But let, before we talk about the match properly, um, it's been much, uh, you know, kind of promoted, hasn't it, this, this retro kit. But uh, I'll start with you, Tony. It was a thing of beauty, my friend. A thing of beauty. It was. And I would not be surprised if the feedback... Uh, goes to the club and also um, if there's I think they sold out but I I can imagine they're going to have to do some more production runs Uh, such was the popularity of it and it looked fantastic didn't it I mean um, I I like generally I like our kits I think the last one I didn't like was uh, quite a few back of the the v-neck and a touch of red in the collar which I didn't like or in the in the actual v-neck but um, and since then, I've pretty much liked most of them. And I know it's a bit trendy for people to go, oh, I don't like that new kit. Um, but I love know, this one. Yeah, but this one is absolutely superb. It looks good. And the yellow socks, that really does set it off. I mean, I've seen somebody on Twitter already going, why wasn't the goalkeeper dressed in a green shirt and blue track short? And, oh. Well, I, yeah, but I, I kind of agree with that. And No, I'll be well, honest with you. I think I agree with that. If they were going to do it properly, they should have done that. Yeah, I just think that's a, it's a bit of a pedantic point for me. But yeah, but I'm a pedant. Bit, well, well, he, he, a pedant. He, he could have had a Peter Bonetti mask then. He could have had a Peter Bonetti mask, which would have been a fitting tribute to uh, to uh, to my childhood, or well, so, yeah, my childhood hero. Certainly, he was the player that that I always um, uh, uh, wanted to be. Um, back in them days because as you said yourself um, for some of us 1970 was the start of it for me that was the year that was the year and about a month before that final a young kid how old were you? I was eight eight or nine I would have been yeah I would have been nine actually um, or coming up for nine Uh, young kid at school where uh, I, I, like, like we were football mad, but we didn't really have a team. Nobody really, you know, went to football back at that back then. We lived out in Hayes. Uh, most of the people around there supported. It was QPR country, to be quite honest with you, West London, or uh, you know, out of West London. Um, and I just remember coming home and saying to me, Dad, I don't know who do I want for the final, Dad? You know, the cup final this Saturday or in a month or whatever. Uh, and he said, you know, always support your local team. And it's Chelsea. And within a week, my bedroom was plastered 
at, and I mean plastered in pictures of all of the Chelsea players and I from that day was a Chelsea nut and, and I think I've, I've probably related the story on here but I actually cried in the replay because um, uh, uh, we were losing um, we hadn't been in front of the game because of the, the, you know, the, uh, the original game at Wembley and um, I, I had this little thing with my dad which was you know can I, get, can I have two biscuits? It was a little treat, you know. Um, and I said, can I have two biscuits? He went, oh, he said, yeah, go and get yourself two biscuits. And I was crying my eyes out. You know, we're not going to win, we're not going to win, all this sort of stuff. This and, was before and, the game, was it? No, no, this was during the replay. During the replay? During the replay. When we then, went 1-0 uh, down? Yes, and then I heard my dad absolutely bellow like I've never heard him bellow before. And he said something along the lines of, fuck it, I was good. <laughs> 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 um, and in those days, of course, the F word was far, far more um, uh, verboten than it is now. It was far more taboo <laughs> word back in them days. And I went rushing in, of course, went, and, and the rest was history. And I just remember th- thinking it was the greatest feeling in the world. And, and back back then, I think to kids, it meant more than the league. The league wasn't, we didn't see it every week because we didn't go to the games. It wasn't on the telly, <clears throat> but the cup was. And it was an all day thing. You know, it was much more much more of an occasion so that you know, 70 was my year that was the year that it all started for me so this is my 50th year 50th anniversary as well but so Tony, did you did you toy with any other teams before the 70 final none, were you none, tem- tempted by anybody none, else no i didn't really um we didn't really sort of follow teams. we made teams up or whatever but no one was really i think i think if it had been anything it would have been, would have been qpr or possibly manchester united because of simply the romance of manchester united you know they've always had that kind of uh, you know that's why there was always a fairly strong support in london for the red devils and this sort of stuff but without a doubt and also the kit the whole swagger of the team even at that tender age you could see the players had long hair and i was just getting into the suite and and the glam rock thing, you know, I was just becoming musically aware and everything kind of like a perfect storm went, this is the team for me. And you looked at Leeds, blazers, short hair, bruisers, you know, they look like they look like people who ex forces men as opposed oh, ca- to Cavaliers our... versus yeah. Roundheads, wasn't and it? it? Yeah, almost like ours had come straight from the Isle of Wight Festival. <laughs> you know I mean? it was they probably had Tony. Yeah, they probably had. <laughs> and it was just a different ambience and and you know, certainly come to the park. Yeah. I was certainly won over by them, you know, so it was a, it's a big, big story for me um, because it was the start, it was the birth of Chelsea for me. So, Jonathan, uh, you're even older than Tony, so your memories must be even better. Well, um, the, just to talk about the kit for a moment, I thought the kit was fabulous and mm. uh, I'm not, not surprised it's sold out. And um, Will you uh, buy one? Uh, I've already got one. Have you really? Have you really? Well, not the original. I've got the I've got the yellow top one that they they sold it in the club ages ago. I got the the shirt. So um, well, I, the, ori- the, the original because they, they yeah. they've had a um, a replica one of yeah, uh, yeah, seventy no, for replica. ages, haven't they? No, I I didn't get the uh, the original one. That would have been I don't know how I got hold of one. No, of no, you know what I mean though. You've got you've got a a, a, a replica one of nineteen seventy, yeah. but you've not yeah. got the new kit that they've released. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I won't. I, I just because. Um, uh, I don't know. I have great difficulty wearing any of them. You know, <laughs> I don't know when to wear them. I just, I've, I religiously buy the first team one every year. Um, and I, I, I slightly disagree with you, Tony. Yeah, uh, I don't, um, uh, I don't like the current kit. I don't like the drawing on it. The, the first team kit. I think they, they, they need to get their heads together. I think which they will do. Simplicity is what it's all about. The simplicity of that kit at the moment was phenomenal. It just, it, it no it, names it, it, on it either. 
Yeah, well, they've got to do that, though, haven't they? I think no, no, I thought that was lovely. I, lo- I know, like I that. They've got they've got to do it for the Premier League. I mean, they couldn't have that as a no, shirt, right? Without without the branding on it, you've got you, to have all of that. That's, you know, you know, I can't, you can't, you know, I can't read the bloody names on the back of the shirts now, anyway. No, no, you and me both, but yeah. it, 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 unless I'm, I've got me. Uh, they had really well, big numbers, t- though, Jonathan. It was great. Enormous. <laughs> well, I some, somebody also somebody said um, on Twitter said uh, my view of the game, and it was sort of miles away, and it said obviously the same kind of view that Jonathan Kidd has in the posh seats. And I wrote back, no, no, I'm much nearer than that. And some wag wrote back in, no, Jonathan will have his opera glasses. <laughs> Lovely. Clever. Very, very funny. Brilliant. So um, what, what do you remember of the cup final in 70 then? Um, uh, well, both of them. Uh, I, I went to both of them. Mm. Um, I took the day off school and we, uh, uh, for the second one, for the replay, I was supposed to be playing um, in a trial game for the first 11 at school. And I was a youth. I was a kid. I was 15. And uh, um, I, I missed it and consequently spent the first few games next few, in the second 11 I did because I, I'd missed it and I said I was ill. But we went, we drove up, drove up with my dad and we parked in a car park. Um, my dad just, we got very near the ground. My dad just drove straight to this car park, um, which seemed to be a, a, a guest's car park. And I was thinking, we'll never get in here. And he was let in by the commissioner that they're, the, you know, their commissioner's hats, you know, they're all wearing them. And the other, and he said, oh, certainly, certainly, Mr. Kidd. Certainly, no, I like certainly, Mr. Kidd, yeah, park wherever you like. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a mate came up, another bloke came up and said, who the fuck's that? And he said, it's fucking Brian Kidd's brother. That's who that is. <laughs> Seriously? Well, yeah, seriously, but of course it, it wasn't. That's really, that's an absolutely true story, and I remember that. Um, but we, um, we the, the, the feeling I had watching the game was that, that there was a weird moment of just looking at thinking, you look at certain styles of the players thinking, that looks like somebody else. There was a kind of similarity to a player people won't really remember very much, to Paddy Mulligan, who was yeah, um, Irish international long curly hair midfielder yeah. played on the wing a lot and there was just a couple of surges from players and I thought oh god and then there was a little tremor in me when I looked at it and there was you know and you think of Peter Hausman um also yeah. scoring the first goal at Wembley even there and also just providing crosses and, yeah. and then you think of Charlie Cook obviously playing playing Aussie in and but the second game of course was the most violent cup final known to man and it, it, there would have been about you know it would it would have probably been abandoned there would have been um, seven against six by yeah. half time yeah. number of retaliatory kicks going there was that terrible Eddie McCready head high kung fu tackle wasn't there on yes was it on, yes. on Bremner yeah it but you see it might have been it might have been head high on Bremner but for most other people that would have it been would probably have been, bollock yes. high wouldn't it it would have been bollock high you're right um uh, oh, and it was the other one. Uh, uh, Jack I, Charlton I thought, uh, thought giving uh, Aussie yeah, yeah. a dead leg, Just retaliating yeah. on Aussie. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was whoever came up with that idea has to really be praised. Somebody yeah. um, actually tweeted as well. How did they come up with the idea uh, at the time of blue and yellow? Um, well, of course, the the second team kit was yellow, blue, yellow. And as Leeds had played in red socks in the in the first game, because they didn't want to have the matching socks as Chelsea. Well, of course, Chelsea... TV was black and white in those days. So if they'd have worn a yellow shirt, it would have been too close to the uh, white shirt. Absolutely, yeah. So they made red was fair enough. It made it dark. Um, so Chelsea just wore blue, blue and white in the first game. And the second one um, changed it, obviously, to uh, they still wanted to be wearing the blue. Um, so they wore they, they the team wore the yellow shorts and the yellow socks and the second kit, but wore blue tops with the obviously with yellow yellow badge accordingly. So that was how that was decided at. Mm. Um, but 
No, it was it it it, it ripples of just watching the, this kit that I'd never seen them play in again subsequently after that game. And I think they actually that's not true. I think they may have wheeled that out a couple of times just as an option when they were playing against somebody um, uh, whose colours clashed. I think they I think they did do that, but I I, I can't yeah. remember whom this is going back to. It's, this it's, is going. It's I mean, too far away for me to remember exactly. Yeah, um, I always remember one of the things that always struck me about the game, obviously, because it's it's lodged in my memory. And I've got, uh, I've obviously got the DVDs of it and everything like that, which I like to get out with a couple of beers every now and then. Um, was that with these people who go, oh, I don't like, we've got a bit of red in our kit, but our tracksuits were red. Our tracksuits yeah. were red. They were red. Yeah. The day we walked out at Wembley, and I'm assuming, I can't remember, but I'm assuming they were... Um, at, uh, at Old Trafford, because that replay was 18 days later. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think remember yeah. them. There's always been red in the badge. There's yeah. always been red. You've got the lion with the crozier. Yeah, yeah. With the crozier is a is is a reference to the uh, the Duke of Westminster, who I think actually put some money into the club originally. Um, uh, and and the, the and the the red rose is there, and it's yeah. it's got you know it's got red petals. So there's always been red in the badge, that, but it's always been little. That's why there hasn't been much of it. It's like the um, uh, the black socks were worn with blue tops, and they had the two little red rings yeah. in them. This is in the fifties. Yeah. So there's always been red. So one shouldn't get all Nancy about there being red. It's just it shouldn't be predominant because that's the in the badge. It's it's not, but it's nonetheless I mean, I mean, blue, white, and red have been the colours. You know. How old were you, Chidge, then at this time? Were I was you... I was far. Well, actually, I, I, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't yet have been five. I would have been about four, just right. four, just over four and a half. Because okay. obviously my birthday's in August, so I wouldn't have been five okay. yet. Well, same as mine, but I'd, so you probably wouldn't have been quite as uh, as iconic, I guess. But you know, I, think no, I don't even I, I don't have any memory of it at all. It didn't, yeah, it did, think, it didn't it even was, go on my radar. It, I, I, I remember, I, I've um, actually just tweeted a link to both of you on um, uh, on on Twitter of all things, um, which is um, uh, and it's an absolutely fantastic. It, it's a, a website I found. It's called thesefootballtimes.co or whatever, and it's it's cry havoc and let's slip the dogs of war. The brutal nineteen oh, yeah, seventies. And have a read of it because it actually talks about all of the different fouls, all of the different, um, uh, like the aspects of the game. Uh, you know, the fact that it was the first replay since I think 1912 or something like that. You know, it was it, a game hadn't been drawn at Wembley, but it's it's beautifully written and it really does touch on all the differences between the clubs. Have a read of it. Not now, obviously, but all right. Really good I, I remember at the. Um, can I just make two little points? I remember at the first game after um, they scored their second goal. Um, a woman in front of me with, with me and my dad shouted out an American voice saying, come on, Chelsea, you're always letting us down. You're always letting us down. Like then a terrible kind of emotion. And then Hutchinson scored pretty immediately. And somebody else shouted out, shut up, which I've always, I've always uh, loved. I think, it, I think it was probably Bruce Buck by the sounds of it. But, uh, uh, no, you can't. You can, you can wait for a second. Um, I've just got a reply to Planet Earth is Blue. He says both matches were shown in colour. He's absolutely right. But of course, most people didn't have a colour TV. Thank then. you. That's Unless they were very posh yes. and very, very right. rich. You yeah. just took the words right out. I was just going to write it in there, literally. Yeah. There the we go. colour TVs um, were massively exceptional. Yeah, they? I mean, we, we didn't have a colour TV until the mid-70s. So, we were, oh. you know, yeah, so there we go. Yeah, we've yeah. got to move on, boys, because... Very quickly, like, very quickly, one, one quickly. I remember it, um, uh, Terry Cooper, um, but after they scored the goal, did that ridiculous thing of trying to pick the ball up for a throw and kicking it ahead of him when he went to pick the ball up. You know, that thing of just pretending to waste time. And uh, uh, and he was down below me, 
and uh, and I went boo boo as I did in my little piping public school voice. And uh, when after David Webb had scored the second goal, he came to pick the ball up and rushed and ran. And I actually shouted out, um, you, "You're not wasting time now, are you, Cooper?" <laughs> brilliant well lovely little trip down memory lane there uh, and actually you know fair play to the club for actually you know they get it wrong most of the time but that something tells me that this year i'd love to know who's been responsible for uh so some of these I. yeah you know i'll, I'll find I'll out find out Chich. i'll try yeah. to find out likewise i'll do the same and we'll meet in the middle right let's talk yes. about the football uh I, I, it was really interesting, actually, because I talked to uh, Matt Beadle about this on Friday. No, I talked to Mortimer, Paul Mortimer, about this on Sunday morning. And I I thought that uh, Frank would play the kind of team that he did. I thought it was really interesting that he pretty much kept, uh, you know, I mean, by keeping Kovacic and, uh, and Jorginho in the midfield, I thought that was very shrewd. But interesting to see Barkley coming back. Interesting to see uh, Hudson-Odoi not rested, which I think was the right thing to do because I think he needs games. Interesting to see Batshuayi playing up front. Interesting to see Pedro getting a run out. But I mean, bottom line is Tony. Do you think? Do you think? I think he got the selection bang on. Actually, a little bit of yeah. mix of youth and experience. Don't Absolutely. underestimate Forrest. Don't take the piss. You know. No, no, and I think that's fantastic to see. Don't you? I, I just think that we take every cup competition seriously, don't we? Right, we have always done. Uh, back, going back to the days of Ken Bates when he said, if you're in it, you're going to try and win it. That was as simple as that. Never, never have we, you know, sort of deliberately gone out and, and bunged out, you know, the, the second stream team or whatever. Which I disagree with the whole concept of that anyway, because if it's a squad game, what the fuck has it got to do with anybody else? If you choose some of the players that didn't play the week before, you know, it's not a weekend squad. You're just using your squad. Um But yeah, it was good. Good to see that happening and good to see. So, you know, I, th- I, 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 I'm, still of the view that these players that we're seeing getting the, the exposure and the games bit against Forest, a very decent championship side um, or whoever are learning much, much more this year. They, 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 you know, they, they will learn so much more from the bumps in the road, from the hard games and, and the gnarly old professionals that they might play from lower leagues or whatever than they would ever learn. You know, that, that class of 92 thing that United did will never happen again. We'll never see that again. No team will do that. I think that was a complete one-off. I don't think I've ever seen it in any other, uh, in my entire football lifetime, as it were. Um, but what we are seeing is something very, very exciting. And to see those players out on the pitch in that kit, I mean, you know, um, to, someone must have also sort of like run that past them and said, you really need to know what this kit means to a lot of the people out there. I think it's fantastic. And I think Frank is right. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm actively blocking twats on my timeline now um, on the basis that they're, oh, you know, there's one the other day, fucking demote Frank Lampard and go and get a proper manager in and let Frank Lampard learn. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> you can sense my frustration here. Pep Guardiola managed Barcelona B, who play in the equivalent of League Two, right? And he did that for a year before he took over Barcelona, right? Frank Lampard did a good job if Derby in the championship before he took over at Chelsea. I just don't get this idiocy that's out there. So I think what Frank did yesterday was spot on, absolutely spot on. The team played well. Um, it's hard to play with any level of passion or whatever. When you're winning 2-0 and you're doing it quite comfortably, feet will go off pedals and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it, so what? So I think what? It's, um, it's interesting how Derby have done so badly uh, since... Frank left 
Well, Crystal Palace don't think so. <laughs> yeah, well, nah, yeah. I think that was uh, yeah. that was helped by VAR. Well, not VAR. It was helped by a ludicrous uh, uh, attempted headbutt by their player, wasn't it? This Palace player. Oh, yeah. and the only time, interesting, that Oliver, that anybody has actually looked at the screen, which I thought was a, a, a an interesting piece of evolution for VAR, that he went and had a look at the screen. But he's one of the better refs, isn't he, Oliver? That's the thing, you know, as we keep saying, so... But, um, uh, so, Jonathan, um, yeah. I mean, I would presume you'd agree with Tony's assessment of that. But, uh, I mean, I, I was really impressed. And actually, it's really interesting to hear them hear Callum talk afterwards, actually. Of course, he was spot on. This is another thing, I think, which is why it's so exciting seeing some of these youth players come through. But having Rhys James and uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi both on the right side, both who I thought were fantastic... Uh, but of course, they played together for years in the youth side. Yeah, he mentioned yeah. it. He mentioned it, and also I think Frank mentioned how um, they were having to coax him through because of his injury. And there was at the end of the first half, he went down feeling his hamstring. Yeah, I was he? very and, worried uh, when I saw that. It was you. worrying. It was worrying. So clearly, this has been uh, this mitigating circumstances with him. And I thought I thought he did exactly what he should have done, which was to take her aside from the championship, put them to the sword and, and take them on and beat them. And you know, the, the best run was, of course, the one that he did that ended up um, when he passed to Pedro and Pedro's shot hit Batshuayi. Oh. That, was, uh, that was exhilarating. Do you remember that moment? Quality but, performance from Batshuayi, that wasn't it? We'll talk about him in a minute. Can I, can I, read, can I read you what Frank said about Callum, actually? Because I thought this was really, yeah. you know, Tony mentioned the Twitter idiots. They've also been getting on Callum's head uh, case oh. recently as well. But yeah. Frank said, he says, I'm particularly pleased for Callum. He's had a bad injury. He says, well, we've been saying this on the show for weeks, by the way. He's, been get, he's had a bad injury. He's getting himself fit and getting sharper. Uh, his goal was an early settler for us. There were performances around the pitch that were good, and we need that. So, you know, Frank Frank knows what's what with Callum. I mean, fuck me, he's he's 19 years old. You know, exactly. Christ he's got Christ. plenty of time on his hands. He's going to yeah. be a hell of a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got, look, I've got a nephew who's who's, who's 19, and, uh, and he's I'm not sure. he's not as good as Callum Hudson no, Adoy though, no. mate. No, he isn't, and I'm not sure I'd just run a bath on his own, let alone <laughs> a fucking blue shirt on, like, you know, and whatever. So I think, I think, um, uh, I think it's, it's, it, you know, it pisses me off, Chidge, big time, when you get these people going, he, you know, he's on 130 grand, 140 grand. Listen, you criticise, fine, fine, I don't, I've got you no problem with criticising, but just coming up with, he's shit, he's trying, you don't know. You can't, you can't tell from the way he's playing. The guy had a very, don't, let's go back 15, 20 years. That's career ending, that injury, isn't it? Yeah, easily. I mean, plenty, plenty of players were. were uh, I, think he, I think he timed it perfectly because it was really the, the 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 time and place to turn it on, actually. Because there were there have been doubters, and uh, wrongly or rightly, there have been people saying, you know, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm just saying, I'm saying there are a lot. One at a time. Wait, wait, just just to remind a few two, because I know you're like you're like um, you're what. I'm trying to think of Tony will know this because he's the dog expert now but there are particular breeds of dogs that when oh, you yeah. take them for a walk they strain the leash all the time because they're so enthusiastic to go for their walkies oh, that's yeah. what you two are like you've got to remember that when you both talk at the same time you basically cancel each other out nobody can hear yeah. you I've got be, I'd have to be allergic to myself then yeah. Why, why, why would you be allergic to yourself because I'm allergic to dogs yeah. <laughs> fair enough I didn't know that Oh, yeah, all animals, anything. You oh, know, mate. Cats, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's know. terrible, you poor thing. Anyway, uh, right, who was first? Do you you, you finish? Let me finish. I mean, my point was, was a bit more generic, but... Uh... 
Okay, so neither of you are going to finish the point. Well, no, I was going to say, literally, have we turned into that sort of club, or am I just tuned into the wrong people who think, who, you know, I mean, we thought the barbs are out already, you know, you're, we're only fourth or any of this. Fucking hell, we lost the best player in Europe, if not the world, last season to go to Real Madrid, right? We are playing with a, uh, uh, it's a different model now, and I'm just sick to the back to Look, I don't mind constructive criticism. Right. But, but but Tony, Tony, see it just a load, all a load of old men. Tony, Tony, uh, you're you're making of you're making the mistake of yeah, I know. Be- believing that okay. any of these people are in the remotest, slightest bit relevant. You're yeah. you're treating Twitter like we're all down the pub, and yeah. it ain't like that, you know. No, and, and ba- these people have all got serious, deep underlying psychopathologies. I shall leave it there. <laughs> I um, love I love looking at trying to work out what the manager is trying to do and trying to work out what the, the club is trying to do and see the progress that's made. This Absolutely. is why I didn't, I didn't get on Sarri's back as much last year as others, yeah. because I, I kept thinking what, what the effort he's making, what is going wrong here? I see it as a, you know, it's a, it's a plan that these managers have got because they're not idiots. Frank definitely isn't, you know, he's really, he's on the case here and things just don't work out because the players don't perform. And I'm intrigued at the moment, for example, why um, we seem to be incapable of, uh, of putting the ball in the net in the way that we were last year. And we're going to get onto that. I know about the finishing, but it's, it's what is it? Is the ball not being passed quickly enough? It's this kind of thing. So I thought that yesterday was a, um, even though I missed the first half. I mean, I've seen lots. You missed the best bit, mate. I know. I know completely. I know. It was all shit when you turned up. I know. I know it did. No, I saw the last 10 minutes though. I was the first half. So we seem to be in charge completely. Jonathan, Andy Willis has just put on mix. This is brilliant. I've got to read this out. He says, Jonathan, I hope we don't get drawn against Battersea Dogs Home away in the cup this evening. <laughs> Which is a very good point. You know, otherwise, Jonathan might be there. Right, okay. I'm just going to move on. It's got a, a quick plug for the old Patreon before we disappear. In fact, actually, there's been, there are loads of emails later on of people who've received their signed Kerry Dixon banners. So uh, that, I suspect, is possibly the only substantive thing that I've done on this wonderful contraption called Patreon, which is basically a vehicle by which you lovely lot, and those of you who do, I, I love you all personally as if you were my own children, but you donate money every month, which uh, helps me cover the cost of doing all of our shows. Uh, and as I said, I thank you hugely. But the, the, apparently the deal is that I'm supposed to put up really exciting, uh, interesting premium content. Uh, but as I'm useless, uh, I've I failed to do that comprehensively. But I have, I have let some of you have signed Kerry Dixon banners, so I hope you will forgive me. And I did do the original Kerry banner in the stand, which you contributed to, and you can all see on a match day. But other than that, I've been bloody useless. You can guess what my New Year's resolution is. Anyway, if you also want to join these hopeful people who expect uh, premium content that they don't ever get, uh, but are just basically lovely, then all you have to do is go to uh, patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast uh, and as I said, um, you donate some money. Uh, don't have to donate a lot. You know, most people do about five dollars. It's usually dollars, but you know, anywhere up to about five dollars a month, which is very lovely of you. Um, also, there is one thing you can do that does work, and that's it's a good way to get hold of me uh, because uh, I get notifications on my phone, so I know I've got a message. So there you go. You can send me messages there. I do promise faithfully to try and do more with it this year. I I, I absolutely faithfully promise right now after this little break uh we will be keeping an eye on the tv because the uh 
FA Cup fourth round draw is almost upon us. Um, we'll find out who Chelsea are going to play. But we're going to carry on talking about uh, Chelsea versus Nottingham Forest from yesterday, including, as Jonathan alluded to, not putting teams to the sword. And uh, the enigma wrapped around an enigma that is uh, Mitchie Batshuayi. We'll see you in a second. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge, and uh, on tonight's first show of the new year, I've got the lovely uh, Jonathan Kidd. Good. And the equally lovely Tony Glover. Bonnet de douche. Bonnet de mange too, Tony. <laughs> right. Um, it's interesting, actually. I mean, I, I, you know, I know he, he told you the story on air, but when Jonathan told me and Tony before we went on air that he managed to miss... Uh, the first half an hour and, and explain why I was absolutely in hysterics I'll be honest with you but um, the sad thing from Jonathan's point of view was and, and Frank again he, he he alluded to this in the in the post-match presser but the second half uh, performance did drop oh, from from the first oh. we've drawn Hull have you have we away or at home away Hull away well I should be giving that a swerve then that's all right, though. I mean, we, we've we've had Hull in many a successful uh, cup run, haven't we? Before, anyway, let's let's park that for now, J.K., and investigate more thoroughly in a minute. Um, but yeah, I think the the second half performance did did drop, and uh, I mean, again, you know, Frank Frank commented after the game. In fact, this is what he said. He said uh, uh, we got we got our two goals, and it was very comfortable. But did we push on from that and create and score more goals? No, we didn't, and I'd have liked to have scored more. And he's right. And I mean, I think the bottom line is, uh, Tony, is that this and Jonathan really. I mean, you you mentioned. In fact, I asked you, I asked you first, Jonathan, because you mentioned this in the first part. We we singularly seem to fail to put sides to the sword, and of course, this leaves us very vulnerable. Even at two nil, you know, Forrest had got a goal uh, late in late uh, in 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 the second half, which of course they nearly did. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, it would have been a bit nervy. So it's it's just so frustrating. They can't seem to 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 put sides that they're well on top of to the sword, isn't it? Well, the 2-0 the appears to be a kind of um, encouragement to the opposition to think if they get one, they'll get another. Or uh, if it's only 1-0, they'll get one and then they'll get another one as well. I, I'm, I'm, um, I, I'm confused as to what, as, as I'm sure Frank is, as to uh, one, one, one doesn't want to come up with the statement that Sarri made last year, which is that uh, um, he came to the conclusion in a statement that uh, that it was very hard to motivate a lot of the players. Well, and, uh, you, I think that was a singular that... problem that Sarri had, really. Indeed, indeed, <laughs> but, no, indeed, indeed, but at the same time, you wonder whether um, uh, it, it's difficult for some of them to 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 rise to the challenge. I'm mean, I'm just completely confused as to how a team that early on in the season um, played fantastic, crisp passing and were all over teams, are now um, uh, not managing to replicate that energy. And uh, and I think this is the same that problem that Frank has, particularly when they're playing um, a championship side who have made 10 changes, as Forrest did. And a, a mate of mine said, um, 
you're going to beat us. It was a Forest fan. You're going to beat us easily because he's not interested. Well, you wouldn't have thought so from the, the manager leaping about like a salmon below me for the whole of the second half. But uh, um, they didn't play their best team. Not Mini the Moocher. Yes, yes. And uh, uh, and they were, they're obviously concentrating on, on trying to get um, into the... Uh, into the playoffs, which they're which they're not far away from. Um, but uh, you know, they they were they were very bad. Uh, and once again, I'm only commenting on the second half. They were bad, but looked as if they were going to come in it. And as you say, the uh, uh, if if that goal had gone in, I feared, I feared for us. And that there's something just slightly peculiar about all of this. I know he played a different side, but. Um, he brought Mount on. Of course, the poor bloke was booed because he played for Derby nonstop. Um, uh, but uh, there is a there is a, a problem somewhere that the the, the 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 coaching staff need to somehow just. Um, well, I said just just I think on the immediate point, Jonathan, because yeah. I mean, you know, every other week I would have said something completely different to what I'm going to say now. But I do actually fundamentally agree with Frank, and that is if you you know we made a lot of changes. I I, I think he. I think he got the balance right, to be honest. And, you know, the proof of the pudding is is that we won. But the people that he brought in, you know, some of them are coming back from injury and some of them haven't played for a long time. And I, I was saying this to the to the the young lad next to me, actually. Lovely lad, by the way. I mean, I, I don't know. I, he was quite intrigued by what I did. So he, he may well uh, be listening. I, I didn't get his name, stupidly, which is classically very football, isn't it, to do that, to have a chat with somebody for 90 minutes and not actually bother asking them what their name is. But the young lad from West Bromwich, if you're listening, it was a joy to, to sit and watch the match with you. But as, as I was saying to him, I was saying, well, you know, much as we might, you know, give poor old Batuai a hard time, and I have to say, uh, we, we, me and the young lad, you know, almost died laughing when uh, when Batuai, well, two incidents really. One was when uh, the ball kind of hit his head rather than him heading it in the first half. And the other one was when somebody floated a ball uh, into the box onto him and he conspired to boot it almost over the shed end rather <laughs> than into the goal. Now, OK, it's classic Batshuayi, isn't it? But on the other hand, he, you know, he hasn't... He, strikers particularly need to be match sharp. And if you're not playing every week, you lose that sharpness. And actually, Frank made that point. Players coming back into the side after a while, players coming back in for injury, they're not going to have that sharpness. And whilst he expects them to be able to deliver, he can kind of understand why they don't, Tony. I couldn't agree more with him. You know, I, I sit there sometimes in dismay at the way people go, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, he works for these players every single day. Uh, and he's a manager and he's a footballer who's won every frigging trophy there is apart from the World Cup, right? Um and people still think they know better. Listen, Batch and that's Wai, only because he's English, Tone. Yeah, yeah, and Batch, <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, God Almighty, if he'd been French, if he'd been Frank Lampard or, or something like that, you know, he would have Franco been Lampardi. Oh, yeah, exactly. I just think that, um, that I like Batchway. He's a trier. Um, I think there is something to be said about regular starts, but how are you going to get a regular start? Occasionally, I'd like to see us, like we did, I can't remember the other week now who we played, but we actually had two strikers on the pitch. I really like, quite like to see that every now and then. I, 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 I despair of this single striker attitude um, constantly because it just I mean, give the defenders something else to worry about. Um, but I think you're right. I think it's a good point. Now, that's why I think he's never going to be more than a tour Andrew Flow, kind of impacts up, you know, the sort of bloke you might want to bring on if you're already win- winning a game or or whatever. I, I'm not convinced that he he, he has the, the minerals to be, you know, a top-line striker. Having said that, 
it looks like Giroud's almost certainly going off to um, well, I think it's either Villa or bloody Milan, whichever, depending which which paper you read or whatever. Aston Milan. Aston Milan, yes, that's it, yeah. Uh, Inter Villa. Um, <laughs> <Very> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's going to Inter, isn't he? Of course, yeah, Conte. But I do Don't. think... I do think that uh, there is something to be said for us. Yeah, but where do we go? I mean, it's January, and I'm I'm very dubious about January buys in all of the years um, of supporting Chelsea. I think Zola was a January buy. I think Ivanovic was he really? Was he really? Yeah, yeah, he, he was. was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Ivanovic certainly was, and Anelka was, and I can't remember many more. Torres, but, Torres, uh, yeah, Louise, Cahill. Uh, Cahill was certainly was he a January buy? In that case, he was a bloody good one then. But I just think you're always, you, you know, no one is selling their their best players in in sort of January. Uh, no one's contracts up in January. Um, but uh, where I'm not sure who else is out there, and maybe we'd be better off sticking with him. I think he's a bit unfortunate. He does, and of course now people will concentrate on the thing that hits him on the head, on the elbow, uh, smashes him in the face or whatever, rather than maybe some of the good stuff he does. I think you get an unfortunate reputation and I think then it's easy for people to focus in on it. I I, I, said I like him. I like his, you know, in, in all of the, the time that he hasn't had a regular team start, he's been fiercely loyal. He doesn't, he's not, he doesn't appear to be off leaking to the press. He doesn't appear to be getting his agent to agitate stuff or whatever um, and sometimes I think it's quite nice to have players like that in the squad you know who actually just want to be there because they want to be there and prove themselves yeah, yeah. Jonathan what do you think um, if it was down to loyalty we'd all be playing um, I, 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 I don't think he's good enough and um, and I, I don't want him in the club anymore because I think he's been given enough chances and I think they should sell him yeah, and but I not not if they haven't got anybody in to replace him. I think they'll get somebody in. Um, yeah, but uh, they're going to have to get two in if Giroud goes. Giroud may not go. It was that the, they were saying he was suggesting, wasn't he, um, Frank, that uh, uh, all everything had to be in the right order for it to happen. Somebody yeah. need to want him, and they have to get somebody in. But I I I reckon I think he works Fakshwai as a sub. I don't think he can. I don't think he can play 90 minutes because he's he's just not he's not intelligent enough for me as a player. He 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 uh, he doesn't get into the right places. I, you know, I, I've I've tried to forgive him. I've tried to you know, but he played a lot better when we were playing better. But once again, he was always coming on. And uh, and I I, I I I'm not really convinced by this argument that they they need to be um, playing all the time to be good uh, because they're top athletes. Yeah, but it's the sharpness. It's the match sharpness, J.K. I know, but but I know I I understand the sharpness, but at the same time, other players come in uh, and other clubs and they score and they play really well. And it's a hunger and and I'm not convinced we've got it. And I'm not convinced, and I think there are other players in the team who really aren't quite hungry enough. And they're not well, quite you, you sure? Are you sure about hung, hunger? Are you sure about that? Well, I'm, I'm not so convinced I'm, about the hunger and the ability. I would agree. Well, I, I would agree with you about well, the ability, well, but know, not the in hunger. In some instances, you can make the you can you can make up for the fact that you're not quite good enough by really getting involved and putting an extra. Well, that's what Batshuayi tries to do, but he's not good enough. Well, I, I don't get that. It, well, perhaps it's just that he's not, you know... He's not I'd up. say I'd he, say he's very hungry. I mean, he's he, he he tries very... As Tony said, I think he tries very, very hard. But I think, you know, ultimately, he's not a top, top-level striker. Yeah, well... Uh, but I, I, think, I, I think you're also right, JK. I think he's a good sub. Good impact player. 
because uh, he will yeah, he uh, will uh, get his, into his, the goal. His, his ability to turn with the ball in the penalty area, as he did at Palace, his ability to do that and and get a shot on target is excellent. But everything else, build up play, holding the ball, running into position, uh, uh, is I don't know. His 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 head seems to go down to me for, down for me. Uh, anyway, but so sure. are we going to talk about Barkley in the same way? Well, we can if you like, because I, I mean, uh, it was very interesting, isn't it? Because uh, you know, again, coming back, I mean, Frank, I think Frank d- does make a valid point, and I and I, I I'll stand by my match sharpness thing because the number of ex players that I've spoken to have told me that 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 is an issue. Is you know, who am I to argue? But so you could mitigate Barkley's performance a little bit, but like that. But again, Jonathan, when he was when he was fit. He was playing the same kind of way, so I, I, I think there's something deeper wrong with Barkley because he kept giving the ball away, and it just irritates me. I have to be honest; he's irritating me because I'm losing patience with him. Although, below me, he scored a bloody goal, so you know, at the end of the day, that's what they get paid for. But uh, I, I personally, and I've said this many, many times, it'd be interesting to hear what Tony has to say about this. But I, I don't think that Barkley has much of a future at the club. I really don't, not least because of his misdemeanors this season as well. Is that for me? It is, mate. It is. Um, I like him, but I think you're right. I think um, he's he's he is one that's had plenty of chances. To, I mean, there's, a, there's something slightly old about Barkley because when you look at his performances for England, he's been bloody outstanding. Well, I know. Um, and you wonder why um, Southgate um, uh, can actually get him to do whatever he needs maybe it's positioning I don't know or maybe it's his role maybe he's been given a different role I don't know I I, I wanted him to succeed I thought for 15 million quid he was uh, a, a good gamble I still do I still think that was a good gamble uh, you, you've got to do that sometimes and I'm I'm all for you know spotting talent still within the league that we're in and trying to bring it in rather than just going out and buying journeyman players from abroad at the because you know someone on Twitter thinks they have a particularly good game or whatever. Um, but I, 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 I'm a bit frustrated with. I think the problem with Barkley is he's 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 got someone in front of him in Kovacic who's just you know I just think a, a such a, a fabulous player this season and um, and has got proper bite. You know, Kovacic. I think Kovacic scares other players because he has that kind of. Um, I, I, well, I want to say, but that kind of hitman look about him. <laughs> he streets ahead of Barkley. Yeah, and I, I think that's it. I mean, Kovacic was the player last season that I looked at and thought, what is? What does he do? He, he's just he's another. He, he's not as bad as Quadrado, but he's certainly not any player that I would ever think. But this season, he has shoved those words down my throat, and I think he's. He's fantastic. I think when you've got a midfield potentially, um, you know, with with, with Jorginho, um, and you know, Kovacic in it. I'm, I'm worried about Kante. I think he's, I think, you know, there's a bit of Emperor's new clothes about him this season. People still blowing smoke up his well, arse. And again, injury, you know. tiredness. Yeah, yeah, of course, absolutely. You know, I mean, new, new regime, these I things need to be taken into account. Right. You're absolutely right, Chid. I mean, I, I play walking football once a week. If I miss a week, the week after I go back, mate, I'm, I'm you know, it's ridiculous how quickly you lose. Have you ever been inclined to run, though, when you play walking football, Tony? Don't you don't you trot occasionally? And then does the referee tell you to stop that? Yeah, yeah, no, they're quite strict about that. Yeah, it's 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 watched carefully. But you still, because you're doing more twisting and turning, so it's more about positioning and, and being in the right place at the right time. Are you, are you allowed to run into positions? Uh, no, you're not allowed to run at it's all. It's nothing but run, uh, walking. It's just walking. No, it's... No, I, I'm only asking because I'm I'm interested. 
Yes. I'd like to play it. I'd like to like to unveil my silky skills once again. Yes, it is. I love it. But I, I, I just I think there is this point about the fact that, you know, every player and, and whenever you listen to them speak, you know, say that I'm fit because they're never going to say to the manager, I'm not fit. Yeah, they're always going to say I'm fit. Yeah, okay, they all want to play. And so they're lying through their teeth. When they get back out on that pitch, they know, they know that there's this thing, it's this extra yard that we call it match fitness, whatever you like. And I think that, you know, the, the players have missed that and I think that's the difficulty the squad, squad game is a difficulty because you can't please everybody every week Barkley I think potentially um, yeah, maybe maybe Benny the Blue is just sitting here maybe he could go out on loan you know overseas or something what's the point I mean if he's not going to yeah. make it get rid of him right I just want to move this on because we've got the Jonathan the qualified referee here Mate, I, I, I've got to be I've got to be honest I, I mean I can't let me let me lay out what I saw and then please try and explain to me what on earth was going on. I have to be honest, and okay, you know, I'm I'm about as far away as I could be at the top of the Matthew Harding upper <laughs> when I saw um, when I saw Tamori tackle. I don't even know. I've actually, you know, I've actually bothered to put this in the, in the bloody notes and things, and I, I'm not Research bothering to look. Research. Yeah, I, I, well, I can't remember his number either, so I'm I'm double stuffed. But I'll take a I'll take a guess. It was my was it Mighton? Yes. Yeah, there you go. There we go. The the new system works, Jonathan. <laughs> there we go. It was worth all those hours I put in this afternoon. Yeah, but anyway, you know, Tamori tackled him. I, I, from the very far distance I was at, didn't think it was a penalty. Well, so when when it went to VAR, obviously, as it said on VAR, they were checking whether it should be a penalty or not. And then they disallowed it because it was offside, which, according to Match of the Day, from what I saw, it kind of was by a toenail, which winds all up. So in, 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 the, in the interest of not being a flaming hypocrite, I have to say that that's an absolute nonce decision. Well, but it should right. never have been a penalty. I don't think Tamori fouled him, mate. No, no, no. In fact, what, when I watched it on the box, because I watched it, I actually thought, what is the linesman doing? This is well, always do anything, my do they? now. What on earth is the linesman doing? The linesman was about 10 yards from it, less, less because it happened right in his, you know, the area of the of the of the penalty area that he's he's looking at. And he's looking at it and he will have seen Tomori touch, hit the ball and the bloke fling himself to the ground because that's what happened. The referee, of course, is not quite on it. And rather than thinking, it's this status thing, it's this deferring shit that they get up to. The, the linesman will have gone, will have said, um, I'm, he's the referee, he's made the decision, he's nearer to the, he's as near as I am, I'm letting him make the decision for the penalty. That's the way they do it. They defer. Because this is what this guy, who was the, the foreman of this work I was having done, who's an assessor, said to me when I said, um, watching Oliver, not Oliver, uh, watching Taylor, and the ball hit the bloke's hand in the wall and went for a corner. And I said, why didn't the linesman flag for a penalty? And he said, well, he was deferring to the referee. And I said, but the referee didn't see it because he was behind what was going on. And he said, oh, no, he was near enough. And I said, no, well, wh why defer? Put your flag up. Tell him that it's a penalty. And he went, no, 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 you can't do that. It's to do with the status. Thought, oh, for God's sake. And this is another perfect example of it. The linesman, rather than going, I've seen it, I'll flag. No, the referee's made the decision. I'll keep my flag down. And the referee got it completely wrong, as usual. Was once again, he wasn't close enough. And also, 
he's looking at, at, at an angle where the other where he should at least at least discuss it with the linesman for goodness sake but you're absolutely right Chidge it was in no way a penalty and thank goodness he was offside from VAR because it would have been absolutely absurd and Tamari was right he played the ball and the bloke the, the bloke should actually of course have been uh, uh, booked for, for, for diving Mm, absolutely appalling. I have to say that the second decision was was way more clear cut. I think the linesman actually flagged it as offside, didn't he? When yeah. the guy headed it in, yeah. and he was very obviously offside. So I don't. And actually, here's the thing. Now I remember why I've got the hump about this one. It shouldn't have been a bloody free kick in no, the first place. Once again, absolutely right. He once again he got it wrong because he wasn't near enough. And I looked again, and the linesman in this instance, to be fair, was down on the, on the, uh, the other. He's on the other angle, so he was up by the. Uh, up by the, the the halfway line flag, but uh, it just makes you think. Now the pace of the game is such. Perhaps they ought to have um, four. Um, they ought to have two linesmen each side, um, which they used to do originally. I think um, just because uh, the referees are just not capable of being up with the game. It's too quick for them. Well, the, line, well, the linesmen are so scared because of VAR. But in this instance, the only person who could have seen it would have been the ref. And uh, and he got it wrong. Yeah, unbelievable. It. Well, I mean, you know, I, I I don't feel you know in the least bit bad for Forrest. I don't feel in the least bit. Oh my God, we got away with one there. We could have easily been two all because you know you, they were just both. But neither of those decisions. Well, I mean, as I said, it shouldn't have been a penalty, and it was clearly an offside. Uh, you know, clearly offside for the second goal. So you know, tough. Uh, you know, but the referees of VAR, what a load of old bollocks. Um, what isn't a load of old bollocks, Tony, was, um, uh, well, actually, Jonathan, too. I mean, I, I, can I, sorry, Tony, can I just ask Jonathan this first? Because I know he's been going on about on Twitter about it all, and I know he would have had a good view of this. But I was very touched, Jonathan, by the reception uh, that Pedro got when he came off. Yes. Uh, and it does seem to look um, like it might be his last game, do you think? Well, there's always that possibility, isn't there? I mean, we're 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 all in 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 the dark about what's going to happen in the transfer window. I mean, it, if he's not playing at all, which he hasn't been, and he hasn't even been on the subs bench, um, what are the chances of him uh, um, going away? If somebody makes an offer, they, they'd be foolish not to. It depends what what. Once again, it's the diminishment of the squad. Will the squad have somebody to replace him? He's he's not playing well. Let's be honest. When he comes on. He's looking. He's reached the stage now where he does that. He's he's not the Duracell bunny. He's the he's the other lot who always give up slightly and kick the ball ahead of them. You know the other lot who <laughs> run out of energy. You know it's ever it's ready. The, yes, yes. <laughs> he, he's he, he, and his decision making isn't quite as good as it used to be. And he used to score spectacular goals, and now he's having a shot and it's going miles over. So you know, has he now reached his sell-by date? I mean, I would, the timing would be great, but it's a question of what replacements will there be? Do, does Frank intend to get? Will he just bring the youth in? You know, I mean, Lamptey looks a real prospect. Bloody hell, fantastic. In which case, mm. will they progress with them? I don't know. You could say Giroud's on his way. You could say Pedro's on his way. You could say Alonso's on his way. You could say Emerson's on his way. You could say uh, uh, you could say Pedro's on his way. So that's five possibles. Who are they going to replace them with? You know, yeah. will he make till the summer? As you were saying, he could. They could be getting another forward in if he wants to sell Bachwai because he's not good enough. It's it, it it's a conundrum, isn't it? And um, it is. Ron was it at, is. Ron was at the game on uh, um, at the weekend, and he said really enigmatically, he said there's going to be something big happening at the end of the transfer window. 
I said, what is it? Well, it's JT coming back to play for us. He said, no. He said, by the way, JT can play for Villa whenever he likes. He's still got his uh, his players contract, but he's got bad toes. He said, I went, oh, OK, that's good to know. So, um, uh, but he thinks... Haven't Ver- we all? He thinks Werner's going to come. Uh, no, oh, Dembele, well, OK. Yep. Dembele's made up, he said. So, oh, right. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, OK. Uh, Tony, I think the more pertinent point... Uh, Really, when it comes to Pedro, is is how should we remember him? I mean, first, I was I was explaining to somebody who was being rather mean about him uh, at the game on on uh, Sunday that he's won more trophies than I think nearly everybody else at Chelsea combined. I mean, he's phenomenal what he's won, including World Cups and European Championships. He's won the Champions League several times. Yeah. Um, but I think for us, he's been a really good player actually, and I think we should certainly remember that. I love. I, I he reminds me. Uh, of matter in the in in his persona in his whole the way he he sort of carries himself. I'm not saying he he, he he probably never had the the kudos that matter had with us, but um, he's got that kind. Of, he, geez, all the times whenever he's not picked, you never hear a peep out of him. Another one of these players who must be a joy to have around, who's always willing to play, always comes on, always gives hundred percent, always tries. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Okay, but he his head never seems to drop if you see what i mean he, he you don't see it in his body language like you saw with players like torres or whatever and you could you could you could tell when the pressure got too much from um he scored some cracking goals um i'll be sort of sorry to see him go but i think i i, I do also take a view of all good things um you know and i think maybe his his time has come um uh you know to to, to leave us I, I i read somewhere that he was interested in going back to um uh, Atletico Madrid, I thought were were possibly. In, well, I thought in, it was Barcelona. He was talking uh, about going back. Yeah, to. I, I mean, I think there's this thing, isn't there? He 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 could be courted by Espanyol, but of course that would be like going back to. No, uh, that ain't happening. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but what about William? He, he still hasn't signed his contract, does he? Yeah. Well, he yeah, might. Yeah. He might end up going in the summer, J.K. But I, I don't think yeah. he's going to go in the yeah, window. Yeah, but I think I, I think it's important. Uh, I do think that we are at the beginning of a wholesale redevelopment of of the the team. I think if whoever doesn't go potentially now could potentially be going. You know, I think there is a longer term thing going on here with the way they brought Petr Cech in, uh, the way they've got yes, uh, yes. Uh, Frank in, Jody in. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that that. That bench team reinforced some way. Ashley Cole's working with the youth, isn't he? Um, there seems to be a, a whole cultural change going on. You know, then you get the, the the retro kit. You've got the fantastic video before the season came out, which was actually, you know, this is this is all about Chelsea. It's all about us. And I think there's there's something very, you know, where it's coming from. I don't know. It, it, having worked for the guy once before, it, it is very Guy Lawrence in that whole, you know, culture thing and, and, and identity thing. But there is something definitely going on within the club. And, and, and so, you know, we, it's interesting you say that about William, but certainly I think if Pedro goes, you know, let's give him a round of applause. I mean, the man is uh, yeah. you know, just for loyalty again. And, and I know Jonathan was saying about loyalty earlier. And what I mean is, is this is not a dissenter. Not a, is this, this is not a troublesome. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I, I, I just think that it, it, it's, when I was saying about Batshuayi, I thought it was, uh, um, I know he's loyal, I know he's a character, but I'm, I'm getting frustrated by him. You know, that's my dilemma with it. And uh, yeah. yes, I agree. Pedro's been fantastically loyal. I think that's been great. I agree with you completely. What, what I would say about Pedro is that maybe the supporters should have used, uh, you know, Pedro Rodriguez. He's won more than you than uh, whoever they did chose. <laughs> yes. and, then, yes. and then Dan Levine wouldn't have been able to get into a humpty about it on Twitter because yes. Pedro has won m- more well, 
than yeah. most bloody football clubs, yeah, let alone legit, Nottingham yes, Forest. Legitimately, yes, absolutely, yes. Well, he's, he's. I think he's won more European cups than Forest, and they've won two for Christ's sake. Yes. Yes. So there you go. Anyway, well done, Pedro Rodriguez. I've really liked you at Chelsea, and I shall, if you are going to go this window, thank you very much. Uh, muchas gracias, in fact. Okay, very, very quickly, boys, because uh, I don't want to run over tonight, but uh, Jonathan informed us very quickly that we, uh, uh, right right on the mark was old JK, that we've got Hull City away in the Cup. We've played them before, haven't we, in the Cup? Do you remember? Uh, Do we play them at home? We're away, mate. We're away. No, no. Were we at home when we played? Yeah, I think we played them at home. I, I seem to recall we played them both at home and away in fairly recent history. Although, of course, I'm an idiot, so I might be getting confused with the league matches we played against them. But I'm bloody sure we played them in the cup. I'm, I'm bloody sure we played them in the cup in 2000, actually, on the way to that. Um, so there you go. So we, we, they're not a new team, which is always a disappointment. Uh, it's an absolute bastard of a journey to get up there so that's not brilliant it's an away game so that's not brilliant in fact actually you know i'm just going to quote the wonderful Stuart kinner on, on mixler tony shit strip holloway shit trip sorry shit trip holloway shit trip was pleased they went down <laughs> but i mean let's be honest though boys you know i i would i would expect us to uh to, to get through and beat them if we're on our game jk yeah yeah, definitely. Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I, I can't remember who their best player is still. Um, uh, I can't remember anything about them anymore. They're not. Well, they've had a torrid like, time. They've, they've had a torrid time well in the yeah. championship. I know that. No, no, no they've had a torrid. So, yeah. uh, so, yeah. um, but you, ne- you never know, do you? Uh, no, you I don't. think it should be an e- it should be an easy tie. And even if we draw, we'll just bring them back to the bridge and beat them. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you there. Tony, would you say much the same? Um, I, I, I always feel like you're tempting fate when, I, when you ask me for a, a prediction because, um, you know, I'm generally the kiss of death on things. But you would like to think that um, we would be too good for them. And mm. it'll be a good day. It'll be a good payday for them. They want it to get, get a good crowd there and, and what have you. Every little helps and all that sort of stuff. Um uh, yeah, I, the, other, the thing is, I, I actually like their kit. Oh, they've got black and yellow stripes, aren't they? Mm, they're the yeah, tigers. orange, orange, the tigers. orange and black. That's why they've yeah, got them. They're yeah. called the Tigers. Yeah, so I, 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 it didn't seem that long ago that they were in um, uh, the, uh, the in Premier, Premier League. League. It was under Phil yeah. Brown, wasn't it? I think they were they they had a stint in there, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, where he got them out and he sat them down at half time and gave them all a lecture. Do you remember that's- that? Correct, blimey, yeah, that's the one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But they've had all sorts of trouble since they went down. They had that Egyptian owner, and it's all gone a bit peaked yeah, on for yeah, them. Yeah. Another yeah. one that's come up to the Premier League and yeah. probably were a bit out of their depth and spent too much money. So there you go. All right, enough already. No doubt we'll be talking about that. I don't even know when when the match is likely to be. Actually, I'm, I'm wondering on the on the BBC website. There we go. Beautiful. Well done, BBC. The ties will take place between the 24th of January and the 27th of January. So I'm actually quite pleased. Because that weekend I'm doing double bubble on the old Love Sport Breakfast show. So um, if it had been at home, and actually, no, if it had been at home, I'd have been all right unless it was a really early kickoff. But anyway, bottom line is it'll be sometime around then. Right, very, very quickly, a quick plug for the Chelsea special. Now, if you haven't heard already, then you have probably not yet been. Well, in fact, there are people that have yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who do know about this beautiful <laughs> thing. 
Um, but Chelsea Special is a is a new kind of podcast that I've set up with a lovely Martin King who wrote Hulufan and Hulufan Two, and also a the autobiography not the autobiography the biography of Peter Osgood talking of 1970 as we were, um, and the idea is we go and interview uh, a lot of former players from the 60s onwards, um, and really you know as a legacy project really kind of get what they have to say about why they love Chelsea, talk about their career, talk about the supporters, all sorts of very, very interesting things. They've been absolutely fantastic. And uh, we have actually interviewed uh, three of the 1970 Cup final winning team in Ron Chopper-Harris, Tommy Baldwin and John Boyle, uh, as well as Kerry Dixon, John Bumstead, Gary Chivers, Bobby Tamlin, Colin Pates, Canners uh, as well. Uh, all of them have been released apart from the John Boyle and the Gary Chivers ones. They're coming out soon. But we've also decided to interview some noteworthy supporters. And uh, one of those, probably one of the most kind of well-known in the 60s and the 70s, is a guy called Danny uh, Harkins, who was also known as Eccles. And uh, he, in a sense, I mean, he was kind of there when the whole terrace culture, skinhead culture kind of coalesced in the late 60s uh and uh and there's an there's a very interesting character i can tell you and of course you know this was the time when we were forming into groups shall we say taking ends and running the gauntlet or all that and danny was the was front and center of all of that so he, he kind of talks all about that it's a fascinating interview if, if you if you want to know a little bit about the culture and how it all started and, and talk somebody was right in the middle of it then this one is for you a lot of people know who he is anyway so that was actually published today so uh get on it it's very easy there is a charge for this as i shall explain in a minute but you can download all of these interviews at chelseaspecial.podbean.com uh, and as i said it's for a small charge each podcast is two pounds 99 which let's face it is less than a cost of coffee so it's not a great deal of money uh but we are paying all of the uh the interviewees and of course we had to spend a bit of money on all sorts of other things like websites and stuff so that's why we're charging uh we wanted to put a bit of money in some of these ex-players pockets because they didn't make a lot of money in the game so all you have to do is you subscribe to podbean go to chelseaspecial.podbean.com and then click on buy single episode now to listen to or download the episode you want uh also check out the website chelseaspecial.com which is now up and live and you can follow us on twitter at chelsea underscore special and we're also on facebook uh with, which is at the chelsea special um so there you go i i absolutely commend it to you uh there are many 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 more on the list um as and there we go uh there we go i've got some comments already Stuart says chivers is funny honestly the interview with, with gary chivers Stuart, was just hilarious and uh and of course you know danny is you you will see it because i've put it up on twitter and, and facebook and where else today and there's a very very iconic photograph of a group of chelsea fans all look like skinheads or wearing crombies in sladeburn street that was taken just before the cup final uh which is very iconic so uh, there you go right enough already we'll be back very soon for part three where we will be talking about the brighton game Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel... If you couldn't be there, and it's not on TV. Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. 
the thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Right, welcome back. It's Stanford Chidge here. This, of course, is the Chelsea Fancast, and of course, I'm joined as ever by Jonathan Kidd. Buonasera. And Tony. Lover. Uh, I was going to say something in French, but I can't be asked now, so hello. <laughs> en coulé. <laughs> yeah, en coulé tout le monde. Yeah, bienvenue. Bienvenue, <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. All right, great to have these two in here. Lovely. I haven't seen Tony for ages, about the time I bloody saw him, so there you go. Uh, I was looking for him on Sunday, I was to give him a wave, but he wasn't there. No. Uh, he was in Ikea, everybody, but there you go, I've now outed him, for which he, he will not be very happy about, but never mind. Okay, we're going to go back to New Year's Day, uh, for those of you who were not hungover. Um, actually, before I get into talking about the Brighton-Chelsea game, I, I, did remember, I wrote loads of notes on it, like I do when I'm watching it on the telly. And uh, I did think, God, God, the Chelsea faithful were really quite quiet in the first half. And then I realised that it was an early kickoff, and they must all be unbelievably hungover. So I, I suddenly felt pity for them. But there you go. First thing of note, of course, was the fact that Chelsea scored uh, nice and early. Uh, the most amazing thing, shock horror, Jonathan, was that it was uh, it was from a corner. But, of course, VAR nearly ruined it. Nobody was able to celebrate because, of course, it had to be checked for offside. What a load of old bollocks. Well, it's tricky, isn't it? Because they check every goal, don't they? So the players are now getting used to... That's like checking for no balls, isn't it? I know. In the cricket. But you want to get it right, though, don't you? It's, uh, it's, 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 it's here to stay. It's not going to disappear. Um, but it was obviously, obviously, obviously onside. And this is the thing. Indeed, VAR indeed, was supposed they're, to... It's not, they're not just checking for that, Chidge. It's not, they're not checking for offside. They're checking to see if there's anything else. They're checking to see if there's a foul or there's, uh, there's handball. Um, because there seem to be more handballs than we've ever noticed in our, in our lives before. I never, um, Half the time, it hit people and I thought, oh, that's a good goal. And then you look and think, oh, no, it hit him on his hand. Should never have been a goal. So, uh, I don't know what... what 
what do you do? I, they've got to get a balance somehow, but at the same time, and everything needs to go more quickly, and the referee must consult the, the screen um, because it gives him the power back. But the very fact that they're, they're now making decisions overruling the referee is a, an interesting development because before their egos were such they wouldn't dare do that. But now they're willing to do it, which is how it should be. Because if the ref, once again, the ref can't see it. They're not up with the game. They're not quick enough. If they could see it on the telly and we can see it, it has to be applied. But yeah, it was um, it was a fine goal. Um, and it, it once again should have been more. We were completely, uh, we were not questioning all over them. We were, they hardly got a kick for 20 minutes until he, he changed it. It was a bit in, bit of the, like the um, Arsenal game in reverse. They just you, do you know do you know what was happening with that though because this is quite interesting because basically they were th- they uh they didn't match us in midfield no. basically so, or they, no sorry they they well yeah they didn't match the midfield what they tried to do which of course is quite clever if you were talking about last season was that they basically stuck on uh, Jorginho like glue but of course what that did was enable it enabled us to uh, outnumber them on the flanks and out yes. outdo them on the yes. flanks and and yes. you're right for that first 20 minutes or so they didn't get a kick, and we were all over them like a rash. Guess what? We didn't put them away. No. And then, actually, to his credit, Potter changed it, and he matched up on us. Yes. And uh, and and what what happened? He didn't just match up on us. He he basically closed down our outlet down the flanks, which was very smart of him. But he also still kept on Jorginho, and we got a bit stuck. I thought as a result. Oh, completely, completely. But it was it's. It's that business of, of if you are so utterly in charge of the game, you, it's because it's City and Liverpool would score two or three and then the game is completely finished. That's it. doesn't matter what they do from then on. Um, and we're just not capable of dealing with that at the moment. I mean, there was a, a very selfish moment from Tammy when uh, he, he, I think he, he dispossessed the centre-half at the edge of the area, went forward. He just should have put William in, who was who was running parallel with him. One thing you've got to give William is his ability to keep up with attacks and push forward is phenomenal. Um, uh, his, his fitness and his running is so great. And he didn't put him in. And you could see the reaction from the bench as Frank and Jody and everybody were really annoyed because it was, it, was it was a nailed-on goal. Um, we would, he was right through. And he had both two. He had two players on him, Tammy, and uh, and he had a shot, and he should just have passed it. But it, it's. I see. I, I I know they're tactically competent, but I felt then we made a terrible error in the last ten minutes, bringing Kovacic on and not going for it because it just meant that we were we were setting ourselves up for them to score a goal. It was uh, it was very predictable last ten minutes. I thought Frank made an error, which, which is well, to defend it. You say you say that, but. Uh... You know, I do. Maybe he would. Yeah, well, I know you do because you just did. But I mean, if you, if you, you know, he brought he brought uh, Kovacic on for Mount on seventy three minutes, and and I mean, my presumption there was understandably, in a sense, he was trying to close the game out. Maybe he, like us, had kind of lost all faith in our ability to actually, you know, finish the chances that we create. And he was trying to close the game out. Frankly, Tony, you know, I I think Brighton played very very well that second half. Secondly, to mitigate it for both teams, I think they were both out on their arse. I really do. And thirdly, we were undone by a superb goal by Johan Batch. Although, it must be said, Kepa kept us in the game. I mean, yeah. he's three outstanding saves. So we could have been battered if it hadn't been for Kepa. I think this is, goes back to this thing you said earlier on about just we, we, we haven't got the, uh, the, the minerals or the, we haven't got the experience yet to kill teams off, which 
I, I, you know, this is just a product of youth or, or whatever. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, naivety. You know, we we just haven't got that killer instinct yet. And I think that will that will come as the team develops and grows. But. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it was a fantastic, you look at that goal when it scored and you think, you know, I've seen probably two or three of those in my entire life, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it was a good, it wasn't an accident either. No, no, that. but yeah. I mean, when Rooney did it, but he shinned in, didn't he? Rooney, yeah. He, that was a shinner for sure. Um, but again, I think it's interesting what you say about these both sides fatigued with too many fixtures. Also, I think, um, I mean, I think, is it next year, is it, is it this season, the next season that we're going to have this midwinter break, I think, or something, you know, two week break or whatever um and i i do think that this kind of it's traditional thing you know over christmas um to expect players not to celebrate or have you know a bit of food or whatever with their families and all that i just think in any other occupation we'd be going fuck off and we'll be you know whatever whatever and i just think you know perhaps there was a little bit of of that i don't mean a literal hangover but that kind of food comery guy, you know, the whole celebration of Christmas thing hangover. And also I think a little bit of the players thinking, what am I doing here? It's New Year's Day or whatever. You know, it's what, why am I here? Um, and surely, I, I know they're professionals and all that, but I, I, I don't know. I just get that. When you say fatigued, um, I'm not sure by too many fixtures. I just think that by that, well, maybe by too many fixtures and the fact that the players are thinking, what the pissing hell are we doing here? Well, early, Tony, early kickoff as well, which is always an atmosphere killer anyway, Chich. It is well, Tony, I, 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 yeah, I agree. And I, but I think you must have been listening to me on Love Sport for the last week because at every available opportunity, I've gone on a four-square rant about this. You know, it's too, there are too many games over the Christmas period. They've got a winter break. They've got it in February and January. They've got it uh, kind of staggered so that still half the teams are playing. Yeah. For fuck's sake, do what everybody else does in Europe. I mean, I agree with you. All this bollocks about tradition. Most people, I mean, okay, you know, I, I, I've experienced Stamford Bridge on Boxing Day in recent memory. And it's always been rubbish because yes. a lot of the regulars don't go. Yeah, uh, it's full of bloody tourists. No, I mean I didn't this year because I was down in Hampshire. Yeah. So you know, it's. I think this whole tradition thing is a load of old bollocks. They should scrap the Boxing Day fixture and the New Year's Day fixture. Yeah. Get rid of them. And then the other thing is this will have a knock-on effect about the FA Cup. All day on Sunday, I was ranting for England about you know people were saying you know you're getting managers like Dean Smith saying the sparkle's gone from the FA Cup. And of course, all these teams playing weakened teams and all the rest of it. Well, if you if you only have one fixture over that Christmas period, then people would be gagging for football again by exactly. the, the first that that third round of the FA Absolutely. Cup. 100%. People would yeah, people would be well up for. I mean, attendance is going down for the yeah, third yeah. round of the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. Bring the magic back. Yeah. You know, stop overloading us with fucking Premier League football Absolutely. and give the players yeah. a rest. And the thing is, actually, this thing, the tradition, the tradition stems from the days when the majority, the vast majority of fans lived locally to the ground. Benny the Blue, I love you like a brother, but I don't care that you like watching games on Christmas and New Year because yeah. you're off work, and I don't care that you like to watch soccer on your days off. <laughs> Fucking TiVo it like the rest of us do. Yeah, and I think, but you do get my point. You know, that tradition stems from the days when you know the, the vast majority of people could walk to the ground. 
Yeah, uh, and and I think that's that's the difference. And and nowadays it's far more cosmopolitan, far more. And you know, Boxing Day, for example, uh, you, you there's no there's no trains, choose. There's no public fucking transport. So obviously a lot of people are going to look at it and go, oh, I can't be asked for that then. Um, so I think you're right. I think there's something needs to change. But you're right that that those, the teams did look like they were a bit shagged out, basically. Well, they did. They did indeed. And I, I think I think the 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 you know the point about the. Uh... I mean, because it just it, it, it this is ostensibly, you know, if if you don't live in the middle of London, or I mean, when when I used to live in London and I used to make sure that I had Christmases in London uh, and avoid my family, it was easy. I could walk to Stamford Bridge if I wanted to on a Boxing Day. But if you don't live in the middle of London, that means you have to drive because yes. you can't really get public transport. There is no public transport on a Boxing Day. Nope. It's such a stupid time to have football. Anyway, enough of me ranting, Jonathan. Um, Listen, one thing I did think about the game, and I know I said a minute ago that I thought Brighton did actually play quite well, and I, and I do think they played quite well. What I, I, I think might have gone under the radar a bit is actually how well I thought we played as a defensive unit. I mean, I know Kepa rightly should get the plaudits for three superb saves, but I thought we actually, you know, Jan, Jan Batch's goal aside, when called upon, when under pressure, we actually defended really well as a unit. For the first time, I think, I can say that, hand on heart, this season. Other than the corner where we didn't get um, the header in and it was Dunn who got the header in for his goal. Is that for the Johan Batch goal? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you there. In the same I mean, way that um, uh, Zuma got the header in for uh, for our goal. Mm. Um, uh, it's really important that if the uh, if your player gets a, gets gets it across the goal, you're in a much easier position to attempt to get it in because um, it's just second ball coming down. Um, uh, I don't know, Chidge. I found it all really disappointing, I'm afraid. I, I thought they weren't very good and we were terrible. Did you not but, think that they were a bit tired, both teams? Uh, well, regardless, I just, I'm just bemused by the way it all falls, falls away, and as was Frank really um, perturbed by it. Because I, 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 I don't, I think they're, they, you know, they're doughty fighters, but there's not a great deal going on. It's pretty obvious that it's uh, large amounts of booting the ball down the pitch as they do, which we really should be better at dealing with. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I think it, I, once again, I'm perplexed. I don't understand how what we were doing earlier, we it, we didn't care as much about the defence if the forwards were doing their, their job. I mean, I'll go on about Kovacic again. He came on and fouled. All he did was foul, about four fouls. I don't know what he was up to. It was an absolutely bizarre performance, all in terribly dangerous areas. And yeah, Kepa was fabulous. Thank goodness for that. I felt, I don't think we can say that they were, we defended as a unit when they allowed that bloke to have a free shot. One, that's one area. goal, Jonathan. The rest of the time, they defended the really, really well. I'm about the goal. I'm talking about the other shot that Kepper saved and the other shot that... Uh, yeah, that but he... Kepper is part of the defence. He is part of the defensive unit. Well, I mean, I've been... I've been. Hang on a minute. I've been billying on all bloody... If you remember, I've been billying on all season about the fact that, you know, Kepper just doesn't seem to work with the defence, not least in, in clearing out corners and things, which I think he should be part of. He just seems to stand there waiting until the shot comes in. But I actually think, frankly, they worked a lot better as a unit. And I just wonder if we're seeing, you know, the we've been really worried all season about the fact they are very vulnerable, always. They seem to be vulnerable to anybody attacking us. But I wonder if, if Rudiger uh, 
is beginning to bed in a bit and we're seeing a bit more organisation and it's just working a bit better. Well, I hope so. Um, I, I feel that it's difficult to make an assessment after the game at the weekend because he played, yeah, absolutely. played a completely different set of players, but we were very vulnerable to that ball being whipped in from the, uh, from the, from the left-hand side, as we have been all season. As, so, are, as are most teams when it's a you know a good ball whipped in you know yeah, that's that's why yeah. you should do them I mean that one of the things that was really uh good to see I think think on 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 Sunday against Forest actually was was how well uh you know uh Reese James and Callum Hudson Odoi are able to put a really good ball in I think Reese James's crossing is phenomenal isn't it? it it just shows you what is required because uh once again, Dave, for all his excellence, cannot cross like that, and and we and you miss it. You just needed somebody on the end of it. Some of those centres, Reese James put yeah. in, were absolutely fabulous. You, you know, Ashley Cole, Cole's compared player. him to Beck. Ashley Cole's compared him to Beckham in the quality of his delivery. Yeah, absolutely yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really, really. <clears throat> excuse me, getting a bit throaty. Really, I should stop shouting at people. That might help. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't shout at me. Please. I love you all, really. You know I do. Um, you know, look, the bottom line is actually, you know, talking of James, what an absolute unit this kid is, oh. Tony. I mean, the way he, he absolutely totaled fairly, fair challenge in my book, uh, totaled uh, Burn. Uh, and actually, while we're on the subject, um, I just have to mention this from the Forest game too, because I'm still really annoyed about it even now. And I think, I think uh, maybe uh, it was the uh, the free kick that led to their offside goal. But Reese James cleared the ball, and the ball hit the defender in the face, and the referee gave a free kick. Utter, utter nonsense. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, but anyway. I- yeah, Reese I mean, James is a unit, Tony. Yeah, he is. I was, don't get me on VAR. I mean, I've, I've already. No, I'm. Do you know what? I, I, I'll let you. In, I, can I let you into a quick secret? I was doing the radio show on. Uh, I think it was Friday night, and uh, we had VAR and a big rant about it in the script. And apparently, Kelvin McKenzie phoned up and said, "Don't talk about VAR." So all I said was, "Don't mention the VAR." Yeah, I just. You know, I love it. Very Thank clever. you. Thank yeah, you. I was hoping he's. I was hoping he's going to hire me as a sub editor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just. I. I, I think. Rule changes are needed rather than VAR changes, but there you go. Um, I, I, Reese James. It's interesting. Even in pre-season um, games, Frank was mentioning him specifically, right? Well, he um, was injured then, wasn't he? No, yeah, but he was saying he's going to yeah. be big player. Frank was blowing, you know, blowing smoke up his ass. He was, he was bigging him up, um, and you know, look, with the best win in the world, I'm sure there's some, some. Anorak's uh, probably some in Mixalart are going to come and say, well, we watched him at Wigan last season. Um, didn't you watch Wigan last season, Tony? Wigan last season. No, I didn't. <laughs> but I, you, you get the reports back. That, you know, Wigan absolutely loved him. He, he, he was looking good. But again, you've got these people, who, the same people who were saying Tammy Abraham won't cut it at that level because they're only playing in the championship. You know, the, the good old days, we used to buy players from the championship and develop them. You know, that's where you spotted your your your, your forthcoming your talent as it were Reese James on the other hand looks fantastic I'm not surprised by who was it was it you or, or, or Jonathan that just said that Ashley Cole was basically said this kid could be like Beckham Beckham um wow wow I mean that is loading some pressure on because Beckham there, there were a few Ashley Cole yeah. Ashley Cole Tony Ashley Cole said his delivery is as good as Beckham yeah I mean that is and, and Beckham you know and Ashley was, Cole would know yeah and he was a fantastic deliverer of the ball, wasn't he? Let's face it. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I'm really deeply impressed by him. I'm not sure we need to be going to market when we've got someone like him. Um, 
Uh, what's, what's it Boris Johnson's microwave oven ready, isn't he? He is. He is. Uh, I sound like let's get Reese. Let's get Reese James done. Yeah, isn't he? Wasn't it? I, I jump as a goalpost. <laughs> uh, I absolutely do think he's he, he. Out of all the youngsters, I think he's possibly impressed me the the, the, the most. I think you know, and he's so cool. So do you, do you get on? Does anyone know? I just see anyone. He just never looks flustered. He doesn't. He doesn't look like many people knock him off the ball. I, I, he's a fantastic player. Christ, what, a fight. what I loved about that challenge was the challenge was completely fair because both players had their eyes on the ball, yeah. and uh, and it was unfortunate that uh, Burns got injured. But then the ignorance of the home fans to boo him non-stop for the rest of the game, trying to get him booked, so that every incident, every challenge, uh, they were up in arms about. To be, it was... to be fair, to be fair, Jonathan, we did that against. Um, when Manchester City came to town and scored after 30 seconds a few years back. And I think we were on Stur- was it Sturridge? I think it was. Um, we got him sent off in the end. We, it got so wound up by the fans, we just absolutely laid into him. I think that's just that's just a fan thing, isn't it, surely? Yeah, but yeah of course it is. You can understand, because he played for us, you know. I mean, that was only fair, wasn't it? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got a funny idea. Your Corinthian values are a little bit out of kilter. There, is a, there is a team you can follow in Tolworth, Jonathan, called the Corinthian Casuals. I've yeah. played for them, Chidge. I've You've played for them. played for them? Oh, my God. I, when am I ever going to stop diving headfirst into the hole that I've dug. Okay, Jonathan, when did you play for the Corinthian Casuals? Oh, God, I don't even remember when I played. Uh, um, I played for them in one game uh, in a midweek, and then I played for them in a schools game, and I played midfield, and there was a, an ex-Charlton player playing for them who told me to stop running about as it was showing them all up. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, I'm sure it sounds like he's an ex Arsenal uh, player. That's yeah, what he should saying. be, yeah. But no, yeah. that was a guy. Who was that? Bishop Stortford School or somebody? Somebody like that. They had it on their list. It was midweek. Because midweek they play, um, they don't play those uh, really competitive games. They play um, just it was schools and uh, and friendlies. Yeah, no, I was down to play, but I, I was I'm too busy. It was it was a, a, a very lovely experience, and I loved. Well, there we the go. There's a wonderful, wonderful uh, pink in the colours. Chidge suited me perfectly. Well, yep. Only when uh, they merged, didn't they? Corinth- the Corinthians me- uh, merged with somebody casuals, and yes. they—that's when they got the pink and brown kit. Yes. Which I, I always yes. think sounds like a dirty joke, but that's just me. But um, there was a wonderful. <laughs> well done, Tone. Keep up, son. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they had a fantastic film that I caught recently, Jonathan, all about their story. And then, then they, uh, because they're always in trouble of going out of business because they have no money because they're an amateur side playing in professional yeah. leagues. Yeah. And uh, they started getting all these hits on social media from fans of Brazil, the Brazilian team, Corinthians, who, of course, we lost to in the World Club Championship. So all these people, and apparently all these Brazilians, whenever they come over to London, they have a pilgrimage to the Corinthian Casuals ground to go and watch them play. And anyway, when Corinthians uh, in Brazil, or, uh, you know, basically, uh, or Corinthians, I'm trying to remember how they pronounce it, Corinthians, anyway, bottom line is, they had a new stadium that they opened in Brazil, and they invited, they had a poll as to what team that they would like to play uh, to open the new stadium. 
right? Including like, you know, massive like Barcelona, Real Madrid. Do you know who the people voted for? Corinthian casuals. Of course. So they, yeah. So this amateur side gets flown out to Brazil to go and play these guys. I mean, if you, if you haven't seen this film, people, go and check it out. It's absolutely... I was in tears. It was just wonderful watching this. It's absolutely what football should be about. Anyway, we're waffling on, or I'm waffling on. Uh, take your pick. Um, look, bottom line is, people... After the dreaded, because it is, I do think it's it 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 is to be dreaded and feared, uh, the Christmas, uh, the festive uh, fixtures, because you know you got six games, at, you know four games in twelve days or whatever it is, uh, so you've got what you've got, uh, you know twelve twelve points if my maths is correct uh, up for grabs, and you can, you can have a real seismic shift in the league table, but the reality is after all of that, we are still fourth, and we're actually. We're actually better than we were when we went into them. We're still we're five points ahead of of United in fifth, and we're six points ahead of both Spurs and Wolves, uh, and Arsenal. We're nine points ahead yeah. of. Uh, so, you know, as you were, as Liam Gallagher would say, uh, Tony. Oh, absolutely. I, I I really don't get the panicking. I don't get the people who there's already doom mongers giving it all the. Oh, we're not going to finish in the top four. Blah 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 blah. Well, we, we, we might there, not. We might not. But you know, worse than us. Well, fuck me. Hey, no shit, well, Sherlock. The yeah. teams below you in the league are only below you in the league because they're worse than you. Well, who knew that that's how the system worked? <laughs> good oh, grief. Very good. Good grief, people. You know, we, we're, we, we're a few points adrift of, uh, uh, of City and Leicester. Leicester are having a, an absolute storm of a season. We know that that's never going to be possibly long-term or whatever. Liverpool... Rolling everybody away in front of us. I, I possibly didn't see that one coming quite as dramatically as it did. I thought City would be, you know, a bit of a battle between them. But you know, we're still, you know, it's no good to me. People telling me, well, it's only because Manchester United are so shit, or Tottenham are so shit, or Arsenal are so shit. They're, they're the teams that are around. You know, it, it, this whole idea the Premiership was always going to become more competitive as as more teams become or, or teams become less and less selling clubs like Leicester for example who probably aren't in the need of being a selling club Wolves possibly as well um, so you're always going to get that so I think what we've done I still say it now Chidge we lost Eden Hazard who fucking carried us last season right he was the reason we finished where we did and why we won the Europa League let's not get away from that we had and, and and scored goals in very tight games exactly. where we can't break size down absolutely exactly and I'm just absolutely you know people need to say you you've had a chunk taken out of you you're now rebuilding we're having to do more work across the team as you said because we're not all saying well just give it to Eden and let him run around and do it all or whatever and I think what I've seen this season has been Brilliant. I mean, even the defeats, even the disappointments. If you, if honestly, what are you doing supporting a club if you're going to sit there and moan and moan and moan about a draw at Brighton or whatever? Because you're blooding young players that people have been crying out for for fucking years to have this done. We've got a new system in place. We're trying to build, like I said, a new model. There's something going on in the background or whatever, and we are absolutely. I think we're outstripping. You know, when when the neutrals and I don't care. People say, oh, I don't like. I don't like the fact that other people like us now. Well, I do. I quite like it when people come up to me and say, I love watching your team now. I, I do. I absolutely enjoy that. And I love the fact that Lineker and the pundits are all that are saying, this is something for the future. It's a joy to watch the football. How much better the football has been this season? Because, come on, we sat at Stanford Bridge last season. How many times did we sit in that, that ground at half time and think we should have stayed in the pub? Right. Plenty. But now you're sitting there and you're thinking, OK, look. Yeah, you know, we, we we we're not we're not so great at home. That that pressure will 
will, will alleviate it will be alleviated eventually when the players get used to it when they're acclimatised to that and when the fans actually stop getting on their backs a little bit and this sort of stuff that's just a home pressure thing new players new squad new, new everything right but I'm, I'm honestly I'm chuffed to bits with what I've seen this season absolutely chuffed to bits and, and uh, uh, the long may it continue long may it continue well, there we go I will finish on that very upbeat note Tony and a good dig at the people that you that annoy you on Twitter right <laughs> Very uh, something that actually you know because talking level-headedness actually uh, you you get very level-headed writing in the wonderful uh, CFC UK uh, fanzine which is an absolute icon at Stamford Bridge uh, headed by the Ubergruppenführer Mister uh, Only a Pound himself uh, the lovely Dave Johnson who does sterling sterling work on it um, so there you go uh, there's a new one out I believe uh, it'll probably be out for Burnley. Uh, on Saturday, I've written something about uh, Chelsea's, well, I kind of, you know, the decade we've just had and the decade to come, really, I think, touching on a few things that Tony said there. So you can get it at the stall, the CFC UK stall, on a match day or from any of the sellers on a match day, home or away. You'll find them dotted around Fulham Road, places like that on a match day. And, of course, you can subscribe if you can't get it in person. Uh, you can get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. If you're in the States, the USA, you can follow Twitter account at cfcukusa or uh, get hold of Dan Lundberg on Twitter at dlundberg underscore, and you can get a copy that way. I commend it to you. So there you go. Right, uh, after this very short break, we'll be uh, delving into your emails this week. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Okay, welcome back. This is Stanford Chid, the Chelsea Fancast with Jonathan Kidd hey. and Tony Glover. Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, and uh, bonsoir. Bonsoir to you too, Tony. Right, we've got some uh, five emails this week. The first of which, Jonathan, is from the absolutely lovely Claire McConnell. Yes. Well, uh, this one, I'm not going to answer any of these. Just to Can we try? Can you ask them and then me and Tony will see if we can answer them, yeah? Uh, no, are you sure? You don't want to give this away because it's people go- to going in for the ground. Should we do that? It's in these are questions. Well, no, I, I think it, like will it will determine whether we should be allowed to go back right. in the ground. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Am I allowed to comment on them as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is from Claire. Hello, Claire. Tim asked me why the atmosphere at the bridge is generally so bad, apart from being dragged down by the level of play on pitch. Ooh. I said Mm. it's the tourists. He said, then we should have a quiz that people have to take before they come (laughs) into the ground. I love this. So we devised one as follows. I'm a bit amused about this because it seems to it flits from sort of 1970 straight so, to, to yes. now. Yes. No, that's good. That's good. As Confuses follows. the enemy. Whose nickname was the cat? Peter Benetti. Peter Benetti. Well done. Who is the king of Stamford Bridge? Peter Osgood. Well, I am. <laughs> you are Peter Osgood, obviously. What is we Pat's real name? Patrick. Pat Nevin. Oh, well, Patrick, very clever. Very clever. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Who keeps goldfinches and taught them to sing? I've got no idea. No, I don't know that one either. Right. Anybody on Mixler know that one? No. Can you hear that, Mixler? Who keeps goldfinches and taught them to sing? No idea. No, we don't know that one. So uh, 
That's a bit of a blow. What Southampton player today was in our championship? Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, Jonathan. Hang on. I saw Alan May score, says Kepper. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, yes, it is. Yes, there was a picture of Julie Osborne. Um, Julie O, she tweeted it the other week. She did. Well, there we go. I didn't know that. And Claire McConnell's just written, because she's listening tonight, to her own email. How lovely. Nice to hear from you, Claire. Sorry about the snide remark about play on the pitch. We were a bit depressed. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> it was after, the, after the Southampton game, that's only fair. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that one's that's Kepper, is it? What Southampton mm. player today was in our Champions League final? Bertrand. Brian, Brian Bertrand, yeah. When did we Brian. last win the Champions League? Oh, please. 2012. Yes. Who was our captain in that final? What is his current job? Well, it, it, the club captain was JT, but on the day it was uh, Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard. Was, uh, and his job, his job is demigod. Yeah. Yes. Whose nickname is the snake? Ooh, Courtois. 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 Now, here's, this, here's I don't know one. the answer to this one. A good one. Who gave his sea lion a sardine cake for its birthday? <laughs> this is nuts. <laughs> Tony? He's a, he's a terrorist. Diego Costa? I don't know. That sounds like a sort of lunatic thing he would do, but I don't know. Who, Who is it? Mourinho. No. Mourinho? Was no really? way. I don't know. Tony doesn't know. I don't know. Do you know JK? No. No. Anybody, anybody on, on Mixler? No. Anybody on, on Mixler? Who gave his sea lion a sardine cake for its birthday? We'll I hope, I'll Claire keep an eye on it. I think she's answering this one, shouldn't she? She set these well, she, questions. Well, that's true. Okay, next question. What former famous keeper is now on our administrative team? Peter. Peter Check. Peter. Name one very poor Chelsea striker in the last decade <laughs> and explain why he was so poor. Oh, oh God, yeah, there are thousands of them. Jesus. Bloody hell, who do you want? Who Let's talk about Alvaro Morata because he was a punch. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. Higuain because he was a fat pig. <laughs> Higuain because he was slower than me. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and older, I reckon. And older, yeah, probably. Yeah. There you go. I Being like that. One Good of question. our most hated managers in the last decade. Explain why he was so hated. The fat Spanish waiter. Yeah, Shall we explain because he said we were plastic fans and I will never manage that team. Oops, and what did he do? He managed us. Uh, yeah. What was the name of the style of football we played last season? Uh, very, bollocks. Very poor. Um, <laughs> very poor. <laughs> yeah, sorry, ball. Yeah, Which of our most aggressive strikers in the last decade never got a red card? Diego Costa. Did Diego Costa really didn't get. A I red think card? he. I think. I think he did get a red card, but not in the league. All uh, right. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I'll go with that then, because that would be the sort of weird um, thing, wouldn't it? You know that uh, you 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 know this sort of weird stat that life would throw at you. This this villain, this man who looks like a South American drug lord, and I know that's being stereotypical. Um, Never got a red card, and yet he would come out looking like he'd had a fight with everybody. Well, oh, oh, oh. I've got, I've got a response from Claire. Uh, Pedro gave his sea lion a sardine cake. Oh, right. Another reason to love Pedro yeah. even more is he's got a pet sea lion. Unbelievable! Yeah. I think that's amazing. Next one, Jonathan. And they do like sardines. Um, uh, name one Chelsea player who played for both Arsenal and Chelsea. John Hollins. Uh, Johnny Hollins, exactly. That's what I was yeah, about yeah, to say then. Alan Hudson. Alan Hudson, yeah. Peter Cech, Ashley Cole. Yeah. yeah. Peter Cech. Uh, and, um, and David Luiz. Um, which two current and former Chelsea players own a restaurant together? William and Luiz, of course. That's right, that's right. What, do you know what the name of the restaurant is for an extra point? Um, 
Uh, it's not Pizza no. Express. Didn't, didn't Robbie De Matteo and someone own a restaurant? As yes, well, they though? did. They did. They owned one in um, in Old Brompton Street. Yeah. 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 There we go. Good stuff. Next one. It, what was it called? What's it called, Chidge? I don't know. I was oh. just wondering if you knew. <laughs> oh, you sound as if you knew. Sounds as if you were the man you knew. Um, nope. How long have Chelsea been in existence? Formed in 1905 at the pub that is now the uh, um, the Butcher's Hook across yep. the way. Yep. There. All right. How often have we won the Premier League? Oh, God. Is it six, five? Six, six, five? Is it five oh. times? Five times. So that's the Premier League not including the old First Division Championship then, is it? I see that. See that would be like. You remember that scene in the life of Brian where they they get told they got across the bridge, right? And they yeah. get asked the questions and they get it wrong. They get thrown off the bridge. Yeah. Right. That's the one on the fucking door, right? When they go, uh, when Claire and Tim are standing again. How often have we won the PL? And you go, is it just the Premier League or including the First Division Championship in that? And boom, they get thrown out of the ground and we get in. I think that would be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but you know, yeah, it should be how how many times we won the league. That would be a much harder question. I agree with you, uh, Jonathan. I believe it's six. Who has the best hair in the current team? Oh, um, oh Marcus Alonso. Of course, it's Marcus Alonso. Really? Of course. What a ridiculously easy question. Who was one of our most beloved players in the last decade who currently plays for Man U? Well, it's, it's Matt. Not- it's, it's not Nem- it's not yeah. Nemanja Matic, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, right, I've got another one. I've got another one. Andy the Hutch says five Premier League truck titles, and Nigel Happy Bird says Babu is the restaurant. Oh, is it? Well, well okay. done. Yeah, I said five. And um, if you can't get a minimum of ninety percent, you don't get in. No, nope. I think I think in? we've done all right. I think we've, I think we've got. Right. Oh, and yeah, we've got... forgotten one. Oh, whose middle name is Happy? Kurt Zuma. Yeah. Is it another another one? I forgot to, we came up with who has the had the best hair prior to Marcus Alonso? Ooh. Paolo Ferreira. Ian, Ian Britton. No, Paolo Ferreira, mate. Ian Britton. He's got the hair of a John god. John Dempsey. John Dempsey with the comb over. Oh, shut up! What are you talking Chris, about? Chris Garland, I'd have gone for. Claire McConnell says Sherla. So I'm not having. I'm not having Sherla. Paolo Ferreira <laughs> definitely every time. Claire, that that has actually amused us. I, I hope it's amused you lot out there. I think it's a very good idea, and I think it, I, do you know what? I kind of a uh, uh, happy bird says. No, uh, Willie Caballero had the best uh, haircut prior to Marcus Alonso. Very droll. Um, I think uh, this is very akin to the UK citizenship tests. You see, and I agree with you. I think you should be made instead of like those bloody poor, long-suffering stewards ask asking for your ticket before you walk through they should they should all ask you these questions and if you can't get more than 90 percent, you don't come in all right uh i've got another email uh from uh, brian justman he says dear chidge it's quarter to seven in the morning here in california and having stayed up to ring uh, in 2020 i had to wake again at 4 30 to watch chelsea blow another certain win to brighton nevertheless I received my Kerry Dixon mini banner in the post yesterday, so I'm still very happy. I appreciate the unnecessary gesture of sending this out to your loyal supporters all over the world. Giving us multiple shows per week is reward enough. Either way, wishing you a happy, healthy and prosperous 2020. Up the gels. Respectfully yours, Brian Justman. And Brian has uh, sent a a lovely picture of himself, because I did ask them. I said, do send in a picture of you holding the banner, and you can see he's got the Kerry Dixon banner in his hand. I have to say also, he's got a marvellous collection of uh, of Chelsea books he has. behind him. He's got the Very Kerry Dixon impressive. biography. He's got Celery from Kelvin Barker. He's got all of Marco's 
Uh, one man went to Mo, making history, reliving it. Chelsea here, Chelsea there. The Eddie Mac book, the Aussie book that was written by Martin King and Martin Knight. Tim Rolls's two books, Canners' biography. Uh, the CFC UK uh, omnibus edition. Well, bloody hell, wow. Brian. That's yeah. that's impressive, mate. Has he got that's the Tommy impressive. Doc one there? Yep, yep, he's got that. Oh, wow. Wow, what there a great go. book. Yeah. So there you go. Next email for well, you, which is this, the email of the week, Jonathan. Email of the week. He's also wearing um, the 2010 second, uh, second yellow second team outfit, second outfit, second team second. No, it's outfit. the it's it's not it's, the 2010. Two, yeah, 2010 that we wore in the cup final. No, it's not the 2010. No. No, it's earlier than that. That's got to oh, be you're around. Right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. that's it's late like, 90s. Yeah. You're Auto glass. Right. You're right. It's gorgeous glass, and it's got the old crest. I'm completely That's wrong. Right. It's umbrella. The Millwall so band. Shut up. Shut up. I've got. I've got a signed shirt that's exactly like that, signed by all of the squad at the time, upstairs in my room. But I can't remember what year it was. But I, I got it from a very good friend of mine who won it. In a- I've got a very quick one uh, coming in from. Uh, from, actually, I've got two. One from Andy Willis and one from the lovely Claire, Claire McConnell. Andy says, final deciding question for any tourist. Why the hell have you just bought a double-team <laughs> scarf? Half and half scarf. I agree. And Claire Claire says, my husband didn't get 90%. And Tim said he should give him his ticket for the Chelsea Spurs game. Tim, I completely agree. Yes, anyway, so enough. I. I think that's absolutely correct. Yeah, that should happen. Yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, email three. Barret Rouen. Barrett Rouen. Hi, Chidge and Co. Sorry this is a tad on the long side. Yeah, Barrett, for goodness sake. I hope you're all doing well and up the chelps. Up the chelps. Just wanted to write in again to discuss a few things I've heard on the pod and in the general Chelsea sphere, Chelsea sphere in the past couple of weeks. I like that. The first thing I would urge people to do is continue to be patient despite our struggles. I touched upon it in a piece I wrote recently about how awful our squad is, has and continues to be disguised by our wonderful Chelsea-ness and ability to win things. That said, our squad simply isn't as good as at least two of those in front of us and probably two or even three or so behind us in the table. That would leave us on just quality alone in fifth place at best. That said, in classic Frank fashion, he does have us somehow punching above our weight, and yet there are inklings of impatience with him. Do do you mean in him or with him? With him, I suppose, yeah. Um, I'll draw it out, though, in as clear a fashion as possible. If you look at the club website for the first team, it lists 25 players. Of those players, three are goalkeepers, so we're down to 22. That then includes the no number assigned, not even wearing a proper kit in his photo, Marco van Ginkel. Poor boy. And the recently disastrous Ross Barkley. Of the remaining 20, seven are of questionable quality of simply past their best days. That leaves Lampard and us with 13 outfield players who range from good to decent. We must endure with Frank and the youth, even though I think it's unlikely we finish fourth this season. If we do, we should celebrate it and not act as if it was a foregone conclusion. I don't think we're doing that. Our most enduring and magnificent quality as a club and fan base is our strength and togetherness when our backs are up against the wall. We need to remember that and not tear ourselves apart because of unrealistic and foolish expectations. This then brings us to the matter of Callum Hudson-Odoi and people being too hard on him. He tore his damned Achilles, people. He won't be near himself till this point next season, or possibly two from now, and that's all right. 
the largesse of his image in the footballing world misleads people, but he's only recently even 19. He could spend the next four seasons struggling to find form and fitness and still be young enough to represent England at the Olympics. He's Chelsea through and through, and though he was perhaps mismanaged by his agent, his brother, of course, he also did what he had to do to force himself into the past. <coughs> we all remember, and we all remember how maddening things were under Sarri. That can't be held against him. He's one of us, and people need to remember that. Sorry for the length of this bloody email. Yes, Barrett, for goodness sake. But I figured I'd check in on a few matters. I hope you're all doing well. Had a very happy holidays. Yeah. Keep the blue flag flying high, but you didn't need to be reminded of that. No, best. Barrett ruin. Um, uh, oh. uh, good, good. It's a bit negative at the front, but um, we've talked about Callum earlier on, and we agree with you completely, really. And I think you'll be there sooner than that, actually. I think... Two, two or three seasons is a bit too far ahead, but I think he showed he showed uh, he showed very good composure at the weekend. I know they were a championship side, but he looked he, he was taking people on. It was um, it was interesting. Um, there's, a, there's an element, of course, of uh, of truth in what uh, Barrett says about if you take the the uh, the goalkeepers away and some of them being being past their sell by date, um, uh, which I think the the club is very aware of. They've obviously got the They've got the fund of youth to bring through. But, you know, they're going to make some signings. They will do that, whether it'll be this winter or the uh, or in, in the um, in the summer months. That'll be up to the club. But uh, they'll get there. They'll get there. I think this is we keep talking about it. It's a very bedding down season. Um, so uh, I think if they finish fourth, they'll do wonderfully. But uh, I agree with pretty much everything he said on there. I don't think he's being negative at the front, Jonathan. I think he's being realistic. I mean, you you know this because you've heard me say it before the season started. I, I My expectations this season that we would be mid-table. I really thought, without hazard, chucking a load of youngsters in with some of the dead weight we've still got at the club, I really didn't think that we would do much better than that. So to do as well as we have done thus far has way exceeded my expectations. But maybe I'm just a, a pessimist. I don't know. Your pessimism is inherent in the fact that you supported Chelsea for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that is it, Tony. Yeah, no. Maybe that's it. Uh, or maybe I'm a realist. I just thought that that's probably what would yeah, happen. No, but I, I, in, I, in, in, right, I, I thought it was a bit negative. I, I, I don't like the use of I think where you, we have to endure Frank. I think persevere with Frank would have been a better phrase there. But um, I'm not going to pick something up on their, on on their, you know, the use of of, of English. But I. I I don't know. I don't agree with the statement that there are teams below us that are better than us. I just don't. I look at United, Arsenal, and all of them that are below us and think they are no better than us. And actually, he's saying we've got better. They've well, got better. Yeah, but then than us. Is, there's at least two of those in front of us and uh, that are better than us. Yes, Liverpool and Manchester City have been building for years. Uh, at, at this, you could argue that Leicester as well. I don't know, but I'll, I'll, we'll take Leicester as a bit of an exception. Liverpool and, uh, and Manchester City are three or four years in front of us. So why we're getting all bloody? Well, we're not. But you know, people who are getting a bit arsy and going, we're, "We're nowhere near them." Well, no, we're not. But we've started that process, haven't we? You know, and we had the best academy, and we're going to see them. Look, there's not one single player that's come from that academy that's looked out of place in the Premier League. Not one. Not many teams can say that. Well, Barrett, I thought it was a cracking email. Uh, read beautifully, of course, by Jonathan Kidd, sure. so keep him coming in. Right, number four from John Marshall. Uh, he says, Thank you, Chidge. Just received my banner and appreciate the efforts made for that. Have said it 
often however i'm sure you don't remember all of your responses i do well at the time i do um i'll say it again thank you for everything you do to bring my favorite club closer to me we'll see you at the cock in april all the best from florida john you've read a few of my emails willy wonka was one cheers brilliant john i do remember you i, I can't wait do remind me nearer the time and uh, i look forward to seeing you in april in the cock that'd be brilliant uh, jk number five jeff funderburg jk an illustrious guest it's oh, you yeah, Tony. it's I you like... you well, are illustrious. i was a sub i was off the substitutes bench when i'm the last one i think or something <laughs> so I, I prefer illustrious guests it's much yeah. more yeah. um i just received my signed kerry dixon banner i wanted to say thank you very much for it what a wonderful after christmas gift but more than that i want to say thank you to you and jonathan all of your most excellent guests it's you again tony for everything you do to really help connect us fans, both near and far, to the team. As an American Chelsea fan, I very much appreciate the way you make us feel like we're a part of it all. It's quite likely I may never see the Blues play at the bridge in person. No, no, Jeff. But that certainly doesn't keep me from being a major supporter and following the team voraciously on TV. I enjoy being a member of the Supporters Trust as well, and I really like that. I, I really like that I can be a part of it. Of course, I'm a fan of my local Atlanta sports teams but I feel a special kinship with Chelsea because of the way all of you go out of your way to make us long distance fans feel welcome that's really lovely to say Jeff thank you I also wanted you to know that as I hang my Kerry Dixon banner in my basement sports room dedicated almost exclusively to Chelsea I'm just as proud to put up the accompanying card that you signed to me Chidge I see the fan cast is following me on Instagram now so I posted some photos of my basement Chelsea homage and Mr Chidge's autograph in a place of honour right next to a signed photo of Fernando Torres scoring that wonderful goal to seal the victory in the Champions League semi-final versus Barca in 2012. It's a pleasure to know you, even if we're separated by a few thousand miles, and just wanted you and your crew to know that your loyalty and dedication to the club are infectious and very much appreciated, especially during these rather tempestuous but quite enjoyable times. That being said, I'm quite thrilled to be in fourth place at the start of the new year, and I'm looking forward to a bright future for Frank and the boys. Please keep up the good work on both the fancast and on Love Sport, and I wish you all a wonderful holiday season and another great year of your podcasts. Thanks again for everything, and the happiest of New Year's to you all. Cheers. Jeff Funderburg, Atlanta, Georgia. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Jeff. That's so lovely, isn't it, Cheers? Oh, wow. Wow. I, I'm I'm gen I'm genuinely touched by that. Yeah, actually, that's, that's really lovely, man. Yeah, Fuck. really God. was, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm now actually on Instagram, desperately trying to find, uh, you know, because I'm rubbish on Instagram, which is why I get the wonderful Me too, mate. Me too. Uh, Dane Dane Whittle to do it. Uh, anyway, I found him. I found Jeff Funderbunk. So I'm going to have a quick look to see. There we go. I can see. I can see. Oh my God, he has. He's got my. I basically I've got all these old flyers that I never. I've got thousands of them. I never bloody use them, and they're all kind of a bit out of date. And I thought rather than just send them the flag, you know. On a, in a little envelope, I thought I'd put that in it as well. And I wrote on there, you know, to everybody, thanks for your support, and signed it. So, how lovely. I feel I feel like a celebrity, JK. Oh, you are a celebrity. Mm. My, do you know what my wife says? She says I'm a Z-list celebrity. <laughs> she's, prob she's probably about right. I'd say a bit lower than that. But it's, it's okay. Yeah. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, it's been really lovely working with you for the last five years. <laughs> and uh, thank, you for, thank you for everything you've done for the Chelsea Bye. fan cast. And now... And now fuck off. That's right. 
Brilliant. Okay. Uh, is that it? Have we got no more emails? Yeah. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Boo. Boo. I was really enjoying those. No, they were brilliant. Uh, people, thank you so much. As you as you know, you, you know by now we love getting emails from you, particularly when they're like the one from Jeff, which was so wonderfully and effusive and, and supportive of what we do and grateful, which is lovely. Uh, but send them on anything. Even if you want to be rude to us and moan like stink, we, we love reading them out anyway. So make sure you send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com and do so before a Monday, so or, or Monday morning absolute latest. Therefore, you can get them in the programme and we will read them out, like I said. Um, on that point, actually, I just got, a, I just got one in from uh, a chap called Luke. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to read it out or not, but uh, if he sent it in, that's the the risk you run. But he he's basically he's from Toronto. This is Luke Luke Chaluk, I think. Uh, uh, he's lucky Luke, 78. I think he must be a listener on Mixler. But he's coming into Toronto, uh, coming into Chelsea for the Burnley game from Toronto this weekend. He's hoping to uh, catch up with a few of us. He said legends, so I'm a bit. I'm not sure if he means us or not. Actually, pro- probably not. Before or after the game, he would appreciate letting me know where we can catch up with you. Well, uh, we all drink in the Cock Tavern, do we not, Tony? We do indeed. That's where I shall be on Saturday. Well, that's really good news because I may or may not be in there, and there's a very good reason for that. It's that and Jonathan will love this. Um, uh, right? Yeah, I'm sure I might have told people the story or not. I can't remember. But anyway, I'm, uh, around Christmas, my sister had a party. And I was round there, and her little son, my my thirteen year old nephew, was there, and he sidled up to me and started talking to me about Chelsea. Now, I've been very good uh, or bad, depending on your perspective, from my from my family's point of view, my sister's point of view, good because I've never forced Chelsea on him. I think I probably bought him a shirt and a few things like that when he was very small, but I never kind of, you know, tried to brainwash him like a lot of parents do. Uh, that's the bad bit because you lot are all kind of third, fourth, fifth generation. Chelsea fans and couldn't possibly understand why anybody wouldn't do that. But I've, I, I, I didn't want to incur the wrath of my sister who hates football, not least because of her ex-husband, Dr. Mart, for those of you who remember him, um, basically spent most of his time at the football with me. Anyway, cutting a very long story short, my nephew um, started talking to me about Chelsea and I said, oh, right, OK, so are you a Chelsea supporter then? And he said, yes, I am. And I said, uh, why is that then? And he said, well, because of you, of course. And I was like, my little heart melted because he obviously he's found out all about this. And I said, well, best we get you to a game then, eh? And he said, oh, I'd like that. So he cleared it with his cleared it with his mum, and somebody very very lovely has managed to find me because, of course, you know, I've got a season ticket, and he can't sit next to me, so I have to go and get another couple of tickets so we can sit with each other. And I I, I managed to pick up a couple of tickets for pretty much at the front in the shed upper for next Saturday against Burnley so there you go I'm taking him to his first Chelsea game how exciting is that probably more exciting for me than it is for him actually but uh, anyway I can't pick him up until about one so whether I make it into the cock in time or not it's up in the air but I will try my best Luke Uh, it'd be nicer to meet all of you lot really wouldn't it and then uh, you you can buy him a a Coca-Cola or something indeed so there you go but uh, that's gonna be great fun taking him to the uh, to the shed uh, for his first game, and I might I might try and pop in and say hello to Jonathan on the way out. We shall see. Could you? So I will try, Jonathan. Would that be all right? I mean, I, I, be okay. I'll see what I can do. I, I'm sure it'd be okay because uh, you know I don't think we might we might not do a video. We might do a video. We'll see. Anyway, I can't wait. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. Take because I don't have kids, so he's the closest I've got to a son. So to be able to take him to the football is just 
I am so excited. So there you go. So uh, I shall take him to the stall to meet Marco and DJ and all of that lot. Get him a CFC UK. Probably get him a couple of books as well. Avoid the megastore, obviously. Uh, and then go to the cock and then go to the game. And I cannot wait. So there you go. Right. I am afraid that that is all we've got time for this week. We will be back next Monday when I'll be joined by Jonathan, of course, and Joe, and Joe Tweedy. Uh, looking back at Chelsea's match against Burnley. Uh, now, the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport Radio is back this Friday, where Jonathan Kidd and Alex Churchill will be joining Matt Beadle from 7 o'clock to 8pm, talking Chelsea. So do give it a listen, and don't forget that I also do the uh, the Sunday is, is, is Love she Sport. Back, then? Well, if she's not, um, I might have to get a sub in, which she, will probably be Dan. She's definitely in Thailand or somewhere like that at the moment, isn't she? Yeah, for eight days. I don't know. I better Facebook her and find out. Yeah. She's rubbish with the schedule. I mean, she missed one of the Monday shows because she forgot, so, or she she's was gone, away somewhere. She's gone for eight days. I think she only went out on Saturday or Sunday, I'm sure of that, looking at the Facebook mm. page. But, okay. Okay, just, it so, will not be Alex Churchill. It will be a sub, which means it will probably probably be Dan or Dean Mears. So there you go. Uh, but if not, Jonathan, I'll join hello. you by the phone. Hello, I can hear you. Can you not hear us? It's Jonathan. Oh, well, that's really annoying. But I can't help you there. I'm just going to mute back. you because... Oh, oh, you're back. Okay. Yeah, so it probably won't be Alex. It'll probably be somebody I can get in to replace Alex because she's not here. So it'll probably be Dan Mears. Dan Mears. Dan Silver or Dean Mears. But either way, that Jonathan will be joining Matt Beadle. Uh, and if it all goes tits up, I'll be uh, on the phone. Uh, talking to them which i might well do we'll see anyway uh we have the technology anyway that's seven o'clock to late on sunday morning between eight and twelve uh, i now do the sunday love sport breakfast show with the lovely paul mortimer which is great fun because basically paul spends four hours uh taking advantage of the fact that i've just you know um injected myself with caffeine and allows me to rant for England about subjects that he winds me up on. So it's quite funny. So I do give that a listen. Uh, and uh, also, of course, phone in. Join in the show and debate with us live. The number is, of course, 0208 70 20 558, and you can WhatsApp that number too and leave a message. And, of course, Love Sport is now a national radio station. It's national. How about that? Uh, and it's on all the DAB channels, uh, digital radio. It's also on TuneIn, Radio Player, and, of course, lovesportradio.com if you're overseas. And, of course, we put the Friday show up as a podcast, as we do with all of our shows. Right, so you can follow the show on Twitter, at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stamford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Tony at Grocer Jack UK, uh, and, of course, the website's ChelseaFancast.com. Lots of good good stuff on there. And the, and uh, some of our writers, at Clitheroe Blue, of course, at Dean Mears, uh, are well worth a follow on Twitter, as are our other fancast regulars uh, at Goalie59. Clayton Marco is at Gate17Marco. Joe Tweedy is at Joe Tweedy. Dan Silves is at DanSilves73. And, of course, the lovely Liam Toomey is at Liam underscore Toomey. And, of course, Alex is at CFCGWLB. And, uh, and another shout-out to Dame Whittle and a massive loads of thanks for sorting out our Instagram account, which, of course, is at Chelsea Fancast. Massively good content up there from Dane all the time, right? That's what we've got time for. We've got go. Tony, you've been brilliant Lovely. as always. Lovely to... Yeah. yeah. I, I hope to see you on Saturday yeah. before the Burnley game. Yeah. That'd be if nice. in the pub, I'll be at the stall for a for a, a probably burger or something there anyway so I yeah lovely because I'm a, I won't probably get there till about half one so I'm cutting it fine but I'll, I, I've got to go to the store because I want to get him some books and things yeah. and a scarf maybe but if I can make it to the pub I will but don't count on it but otherwise uh, I'll see you Jonathan as always you've been a trooper lovely to be a trooper I like that thank you very much I'll, I'll a uh, super trooper I'll work on that thank you <laughs> great stuff 
I may well see you on Saturday, uh, give you a text and let you know what's going on, but I, I'll, I may well pop in with the wee boy. I hope so. That would be lovely. Well, although I say I say wee boy, he's taller than me. He's only 13. Oh, Jesus. Okay. He'd, like, probably, he'd probably like to see the inside of the uh, of these. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll do it. I, okay, I promise I'll do it, because I tell you what, what he is missing out on is the five-star Chidge tour, because I was planning on taking him to the hotel beforehand and to meet all the ex-players that I know. But he, he, he can't get there early. He does something on Saturday mornings, as these kids do. So I, I can't get him there any early, which is a shame. But never mind. All right, that is enough from us for this week. Uh, back on Friday for the Love Sports Show. Back next Monday for the regular fan cast. Thank you to everybody in Mixler for your comments tonight. Enjoyed them tremendously, as always. Thank you, everybody else, for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefully, keep it chills. <laughs> Up the chills! <laughs>